so bad. So dude. bad. I want to be in this coven so hard. <laughs> because I don't sacrifice yeah. me, mommy, please. please me. Sacrifice me, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> it's fully that. And you're like. Sunday scares. It's a tire. I don't think anybody exploded. Mm. He just. No, I thought well, that tire murdered several people. Well, no, like here. No, but we're just, in the real world. Yeah, yeah. Nobody heard. exploded at at my house. Yeah, but yeah. it was it was a really cool. Yet. It was the most bizarre. Like it was the weekend of uh, St. Patrick's Day. Actually, mm-hmm. naturally, I was working that whole weekend, and we came home, and there was just a giant like crater. Three a.m. Right? Yeah, there was yeah. a giant in crater fence. in our fence right there where it faces the street. Oh my god! Um, they paid for it, right? And so yeah, no, it got fixed and it got paid for and everything. But we were just like befuddled because I looked at it and I walked up closer and I was like the, the the corner post was intact mm. so it was like if a car had come and taken out that like like hit it from that angle it would have taken out that entire like section yeah, of fence, it, it, it right? was too isolated yeah and then i was like well did somebody like there's a there's a bus stop right there uh, <laughs> did you mean for this part to happen and uh <laughs> there's, there's a bus stop right there and so sometimes like there's like drunk people and there's all like there's always sure. like butt ice cans that get left yeah. out there and shit um which is fine kicked it in or something yeah so i was like oh somebody fell or somebody kicked it in um but it was like four or five days before we really like tried to do anything about it because i was trying to figure out how to explain to our landlords without it, and frame it in such a way to emphasize that I had... It was not me. <laughs> I was like, I know this is bizarre, and I know it looks weird, but right. I have no idea how this could have happened. I did not have a party. But it then, like, the following weekend, this guy just randomly knocked on our door while we were sitting in the living room, and he's like, hey, uh, I was it's- driving by the other day. I see your fence is still broken, and I just wanted to show you. I took a video of this guy and I because I saw the whole thing happen. And so he pulled up a video on his phone, and he was following this Jeep that had, like... It, it broke down like three blocks up the road that way because its front driver's side tire had flown off. Uh, it became disconnected <laughs> oh from the God. hub somehow and rolled all the way down PV, like all the way down that street. Right. right. And, and, like, slammed, that if I that. and slammed then, into yeah, the fence. Yeah, it just bashed yes. into the fence. And so like, and then I guess the guy just came and picked up his tire and bounced mm-hmm. and didn't and do anything about it. And came and showed so, you the video and was just like laughing the whole time. <laughs> 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 Look at this guy. His narration, yeah, the commentary on the video is perfect. He's, he's like, like oh, look at it go. Look They're there. still going. There it goes. Yeah, I did call it though. Surprisingly. Yeah, you were Because we were talking about it and then it came up like weeks later. He's like, I found out what happened. And I was like, dude, somebody's tire like just yeeted off their car. Fully. And then I totally killed his story because that's <laughs> that actually was exactly what, what happened. happened. I was like, no fucking way. I, know. I was in the middle of the like future. building up the entire story. And you're like, it was a tire, wasn't it? And I was like, all right, let me continue. All right, all right <laughs> asshole. Yeah. Stop giving it away. Um, <laughs> I came here with with prepared material. Yeah. It was a whole thing. I'm just what glad it got I'm glad it got resolved by that angel that that redneck angel came along and Yeah. And I just want to tell better. you this crazy ass tire flew yeah, off his car. Look yeah. at it. It's look still it going. Go. Yeah. I mean, he was excited to tell that story though. He was like yeah. this is the highlight of my fucking day. I've been <laughs> waiting to be telling that story for years how he caught the the criminal that yeah, destroyed yeah, your the, fence. The tire bandit. Yeah. It was yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. He needs to put it on a Dallas Texas TV or yeah. the, the oh, Instagram. Yes. Mic'd up or whatever. My favorite page. Yeah, me too. We all follow that's how entire city gets its news now and Absolutely. it's so crazy how like we'll be out like i'll be at the bar and like something will happen i'll see it on there and immediately all the conversations conversations shift to like that exact topic where yeah like, like right. it hits yes. there before it hits yeah. actual news. <laughs> correct That's awesome um but, hey i'm uh travis hanging out with uh tyler today it's me 
And today we have one of my favorite people in the entire world. It's Danny. Oh my God. Hi. Hey. Hello. I'm here. Thank you for having me here. I've been trying to get you over here for so long. I know. I'm finally you're here. I'm here. You're here. Made the trick. In the rain. I know. Dedication. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Why are you earlier, apologizing and now for the weather that you've created? Yeah. <laughs> I well, no. I so that's what I texted you. There's something very supernatural going on with our podcast, where it literally seems like every time I schedule a date for us to record, without fail, like the night before or the day of, it like it rains. I think like eighty yeah. percent of the time we record, and it's cool because it. It's usually the time when I'm rewatching the movie. Yeah. It'll just start fucking storming. It's perfect, oh, dude. It's, yeah. Mm. The elements are in our favor. They want us to be spooky it and to really enjoy was, the aesthetic. It was definitely a little gloom and doom when I was watching the movie for today's yeah. conversation. So, mm. yeah. That's interesting. It's nice though, right? It it's, sets it's, the mood. Yeah. yeah. Gets you in the mood for for love. For, for vibe. For, Especially for technicolor love. Movie. Yeah. So, hey, mm-hmm. it's uh, Welcome to Sunday Scaries. It's a podcast about horror movies where each week we take a deep dive into a specific film and try to find connections between that film and other movies within the genre. Uh, and it's a brand new series. New series. Who dis? Uh, in this round of episodes, <laughs> we're going to be spending time in the realm of psychological horror um, from Argento to Aster. Uh, so one of the goals of this watch list is will be to paint a, uh, a picture of the evolution of what we think of in the modern era as quote-unquote elevated horror uh, and how that term came to be thrown around with a healthy bit of irony and cynicism in the uh, cinephile community. Uh, so to kick off this series, we are lighting a cigarette. We're pouring a hefty glass of Tuscan red wine and uh, wearing mm. our sexiest leather pants to talk about <sighs> Dario Argento's Suspiria. Suspiria. <laughs> I, wow. I, I tried to... You like you fucking like I said what are y'all about to do? Travis like wound up to it. <laughs> it's that goose meme. <laughs> That's about to, yeah, exactly. Screamed at the same time. There's like a running Great. bit where we try to like synchronize the, the saying of the title. Yeah, it's usually awful. Yeah, it it's fine. Really it goes, it, hey, we've had with a range of success with like talking true. about Y'all the title. Y'all didn't even rehearse that. That was no, really nice. No, we, I feel like you need to come into a cold. Like otherwise, it's not candid. No, and we're here. We're here for the real shit. That's Correct. why I barely edit <laughs> the these <real> episodes. <laughs> we uh, keep it. Yeah. So 1977, Dario Argento's film Suspiria uh, <laughs> comes after um, uh, a couple of the films early on in his career, including Deep Red, which was uh, discussed as being so bloody, it was, it was turning people away from theaters and making them walk out uh, about to vomit. Jessica Harper uh, stars as Susie Banyan, an American ballet student who enrolls in a prestigious dance academy uh, in Germany, where a series of bizarre events and brutal myrtles, murders myrtles, uh, <laughs> begin to hint at a nefarious and supernatural mystery. Uh, so I assume, was this y'all's first time hitting the old one, watching the original 1977 Suspiria? Correct. Nice. For it me. wasn't for me. You'd seen but this I, one before? Yeah. Nice. But I haven't watched the new one yet. I haven't either. You haven't? Okay, I had queued it up this morning, and then I had so much... I, Ran some errands, and by the time I got home, I didn't mm-hmm. have time. But maybe not... if it keeps raining like this, I might watch it tonight. Yeah. I will. I will be. I couldn't find it on the Ashbeo. It's on it. oh. Amazon. My bad. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Ham. I led you astray. No, it's fine. Yeah, it's on it. Amazon Prime. Boozos. Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's good. What I, yeah, I had wondered how yeah how popular because I feel like when the 2018 one came out, it seemed like it was really popular. It seemed like a lot of people were talking about it. They were. Mm-hmm. Um, to mixed. I don't know. Of all the reviews I've read of it, there's like some pretty like hefty criticism and i was it's weird because i watched it really cold i watched like the 77 one and i was like all right for context we're obviously going to want to like know what's going on in this movie right Right. and see what the difference are differences are between them um and that yeah that 2018 movie with dakota johnson is enchanting i love it Mm. i think like i don't know and i i feel like i'm in the minority of uh of people who or of critics at least who who watched it there's a lot of like reasonable criticism to to lob at it but we'll talk about that as we get into like the plot of uh, the 77 movie um but this is my first time watching the original suspiria this is like in full disclosure this is a a really really sort of big blind spot for me um italian Mm. horror and stuff and so i'm super excited to like watch this movie and kind of learn more about the giallo movement and dario argento um because that's a name that's like sort of synonymous with like art horror and slashers right Mm -hmm. uh dario argento is a uh an italian filmmaker who uh, started his career as a film critic and screenwriter um working on such scripts as uh, Sergio Leone's uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. Uh, Argento's directorial debut came in 1970 with the movie uh, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, which is Mm -hmm. also a giallo film. Um, And then he makes a series of other films that are sort of similarly within that genre of murder mystery um, and uh, and spectacle and dreamlike uh, production. Uh, And then in 1977, we get uh, the... Suspiria. Um, this one is, yeah, it's it's awesome. What do you first mm-hmm. thoughts? I don't know. This is a really interesting experience. I feel like this is watching these seventies movies is always like a mixed bag of trying to place yourself within the the time period. Uh, yeah. I'd like to consume yeah. it, right? Because we've been kind of ruined by modern Fully. advances, you know. Fully. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you ha- you definitely have to like isolate a little bit. Yeah. Um, I try to think about my from my parents perspective because they were all teenagers when at least my mm. parents were when this right. movie came out so 77 my dad is 17 yeah and like i remember i talked to him about like jaws and like other like the thing when that came out and you think hearing him be like i didn't sleep for three days yeah, like, yeah. nobody went to the fucking lake or uh. the beach or anything after jaws came out for years yeah and i was like uh, the blood is so very red. Yeah. <laughs> it is the color of like Chanel whatever um, lipstick. Like, you yeah. know, like it's not real for, for us, but we got, we were raised on all the movies that were like, we're going to take everything as realistic as possible. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. My, dad, my parents were always, especially my dad was the same way about mm. Jaws and the thing. Right. And I brought up some of the earlier movies that we watched the last time that I talked with him, like I brought up Psycho, mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah, that's which like even, I mean, he was a little older by the time he would have watched that. But, right. Um, still just knowing that like that, this, this shit freaked everyone out. Oh fucking yeah. Big time. Yeah. And now watching, like I try to stop myself from laughing. Sometimes. Oh, it's so it hard is. to it's not. It's so campy and stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. But it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. You talk about that blood, that like bright, almost like red orange paint yes. that's just spewing out of everybody. Like, <laughs> this? And the, I really like also in these movies that come out in the seventies, like well, they didn't have like CGI. So you mm-hmm. can't do, and like even in the eighties and some like with the thing, like some of their prosthetics and like mm-hmm. the, the like engineering behind that is like, wow, really cool and real. And like the real time transformations, like in, um, American Werewolf, I think, American where they Werewolf do that huge, yes, thank yeah. you, with that huge crazy head for that yeah. actual transformation. Mm-hmm. That never happens in movies. So I like how they have to do those like extreme cutaways where you're like, oh my god, it's the ceiling, and then you look down and she's dead on the ground, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. bleeding. There's a, there's it's a, a lot shown off screen. Yeah, I think in this movie mm-hmm. particularly. Yeah, yeah it like 
almost as a stylistic choice right. <laughs> to a point. Imagine that. Yeah. yeah. It's wow. A, uh, which, it's funny because it's that constant interplay of like, you know, you're talking about CGI. There are, but there are special effects in this movie, True. right? Which is Absolutely. to that point, which special effects include under that umbrella includes all of the, the practical blood and, uh, and physical things that are happening in camera. For sure. Um, and then there are like some other, like, you know, um, uh, post-production effects uh, that get thrown in, but not to the degree mm. that like is distracting or that you can see that the movie relies on it. But like you said, we are in this interesting moment now where I think we've passed um, the 2000s decade and the 2010s even were defined by this idea of a of a reliance on computer genera- computer generated so graphics. Where because it, at the it time and yeah, and throughout years, like you know, filmmakers and production companies are constantly wanting to do what is the newest way to right. you know get an image on screen, um, and it seems like there's this really cool thing that's happening right now where the entire legacy of special effects and practical effects is sort of, you know, convalescing around using CGI where good movies that are being made now know when to use like a healthy balance of mm-hmm. each. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes using an in-camera effect works better or it just has, you just need to do it. Um, but then yeah. other times it's impractical to, to do things. Yeah. Like I that. mean, cause I mean, even beyond, beyond purely like computer and animation engineering, there's then other technological advancements that make practical effects easier as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, we could just animate that, but now we have this thing on a boom that shoots this out, you mm-hmm. know, like, so while the computers have advanced and the ability to animate mm-hmm. and generate effects like that is advanced, there's other parts of the industry that have advanced too. So uh, like some of the shit that we've watched recently, not necessarily for the podcast, um, I've noted kind of what you're saying that swing back to a good balance mm-hmm. like yeah you can do this practically and it's going to look really mm-hmm. real right um and that shit's tight it is and it's even like even the stuff like the like the volume stages and stuff that get used now where it's mm-hmm. sort of like a full circle sort of like practical thing on its head where you have a set that's being projected around you and it's just sort of immersing you so that immersing immerse, immersing you uh, in an environment uh where you can then you know get the in-camera sort of lighting on your characters and everything that makes you know, makes sense. It makes it look like photo real. Um, yeah. But then Instead I always like having to stand in front of a green screen for 80% of your. Yeah. Film. Right. Like, yeah. The artistry and the animation though, of like old timey, like using miniatures is a big thing that like, as you watch like the behind the scenes stuff from uh, like some of the movies of the eighties and nineties where <laughs> building giant miniature sets and having like, you know, a, a camera go and like run around them to, to, to simulate like wide, mm-hmm. like panning shots. Little tiny cars rolling I know. Around. Which I like, love. So yeah. They don't do it as much anymore. I know. There's something about it. There is some artistry that that is sort of lost mm-hmm. to time in that I'm sense. I'm just imagining mm-hmm. some like old Italian man, yeah. like in his garage crafting Huge like skyscraper or something. I always imagine the guy, the Pixar character from uh, Toy Story Two, who goes in and he uh, cleans Woody. Like he goes in uh, that (laughs) whole scene where he like repaints his boot and like sews his shoulder back together. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, Yeah, this is my first time watching it, and I was uh, like I said, putting on my 1970s movie brain or movie glasses and stuff. Uh, It, yeah, the the experience of 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 watching this was was mind blowing or mind boggling. It's a it's a mesmerizing movie that like I don't know. It has its quirks and everything, but like I said, this whole Argento Italian horror thing mm-hmm. is definitely a blind spot for me. Even in like you know the the realm of like the horror movies that we that we've gotten into so far, because um, it just hasn't been my uh, I don't know I don't know why what's what's you know not draw me to it. But um, you you and did you enjoy this viewing experience you know for your first time? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. I I definitely had a hard time not laughing because mm-hmm. I, I like you're saying Tyler, it's mm-hmm. definitely hard to not laugh and not see it as like a very silly movie and I also see it as like 
the for what it is is like an artistic piece mm-hmm. too you're like oh wow okay this is very dramatic like i don't know mm-hmm. how much time you spent in the genuinty whatever area but like <laughs> we grew up around of like a lot of very artistic people who did mm-hmm. like performance art and did like very drastic things where you're like this is very ridiculous but i know that there is like a two-page statement on like this whole thing like what the meaning is behind it and so mm-hmm. i'm sure he had a ton of meaning behind most of the pieces of it but yeah i I, I enjoyed it. I loved it for all of its weirdness. I really enjoyed the set design. Yeah. That was one thing that I wrote down. Oh, I have notes. Yeah. I had to find my phone. Um, yeah, I really, really loved the like art deco. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, um, it else? being, I mean, they filmed, principal filming was in Rome. Yeah, they're, which they're filming perfect. on location for yeah. like a huge part of this. Uh, so um, I mean, the whole facade of the school I think they had built out like that area in front of the school, that little like plaza mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> that was built out for filming. But like any of the extraneous shots are all just on location in Rome, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is perfect. You yeah. Know, it really sets the mood. And the whole point of this. So the, the style that it, that it's sort of, uh, you talked about the art deco, like mm-hmm. nature of it, but yeah, it's this German expressionist uh, sort of style of architecture. Um, we'll talk about too, like why the mechanism for why it's sort of like hyper real and surreal mm-hmm. um, throughout. But yeah, it's, it's, stunning and sort of like weirdly dazzling the colors and the patterns mm-hmm. where it makes Super you vibrant yeah, yeah it makes you dizzy uh, mm-hmm. to look at it looks like one of those weird like the pop-up uh technicolor picture books where you try to like like stare at an image for half an hour to see like a donkey or something it's mm. i feel like all of it was just like a really intense acid trip yeah for her poor yeah, homegirl <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah yeah but um yeah i think what's funny is like we're dancing around the idea of like so is this movie enjoyable to watch now in 20 2022 i think that's what it was because i'm also curious you said uh ha- you had seen the 2018 one before or i have were you- not okay I have interesting. not seen it at all I haven't either. yeah i think and also thematically um we'll talk about i guess in con- contextualizing this movie um what the inspiration for it was and everything um but that was something else that i was trying to sort of like parse out as as i was watching it again um I we watched it here a couple times and then I like uh, forced Kyra to go through and watch like the 2018 one <laughs> after she fell asleep after it like the, the first time because it's like this the 2018 one is like is tw- like two and a half hours yeah. long Jesus yeah well, this fucking long this one was is, an hour and thirty eight it's like barely it's over ninety nine minutes yeah it's like a hundred okay. minutes yeah. basically so it's it's tight I mean if for a horror movie that's kind of like you know that's that's uh, conventionally like you like to get in and out when you're doing like sure. these like short you know thrilling slashers um and i think so much of like the thematic conversation about this movie in like i was it was informed for me by the 2018 one and then also going back and looking at like the original source material for this and it, it's interesting but like i yeah i do want to get into like some of those themes because i think it'll be really fun to have you here especially and talking about like the uh the the nature of the gender dynamics and like some some of the other <laughs> things in, in this that are uh that are that kind of stuck out to me, especially in the uh, 2018 one. So uh, I I wrote my notes like a live tweet the whole time, <laughs> and my one of my my second line is men not helping in the rain. Yes, <laughs> yes. we talk about that taxi cab. Yeah. The first thing you I wrote was out? my biggest no. fear: alone in the rain at the airport. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
It's like, um, I just paid you, bitch. Yeah, oh, no. I, yeah, I definitely want to talk about that. Yeah, I know. I need to read through these briefly because yeah. they're all like live uh, tweets about how yeah, ridiculous like, this movie was. Out of context. With yeah. that. Yes. How high was I? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. I do that usually. Like, I have a page uh, in preparation for these episodes. We'll make like an entire page of just like raw stream of consciousness notes and That's stuff. That's what this yeah. is. Yeah. And then do like an outline to accompany yes. it, at, like, which distills that into like more, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, so what do you guys know about giallo? Like, have you... Not uh, a thing. Okay, so this is a term that gets thrown around a lot, and I think in the past, like, whenever I hear it, like, film people talking about it, and I'm just trying to, like, learn more, I'm, like, nodding my head and being like, yeah, of course, giallo, sure. that thing I know about that you guys are talking about currently. <laughs> I uh, am educated, <laughs> yes. Um, but in film, giallo technically refers to, like, any kind of murder mystery or horror thriller, regardless of its national origin. Um, however, in American film, um, we seem to... We kind of typically use the term giallo to specifically refer to a genre of uh, Italian-produced... Uh, thriller horror films which are um, known to Italian audiences as uh, Giallo Ali Italiana Um, so yeah how's that for a mouthful Um, I think the last time we we brought up this uh, genre or this stylistic sort of uh, you know aesthetic or whatever was when we were talking about malignant actually uh in the very very first episode we did yeah um in which there's definitely strong elements of the uh, classic giallo sort of like aesthetic in there uh but they're used in the same sort of like slapstick uh james wan sort of crazy sticker bar sticker board of homages that that make that movie mm-hmm. um which i still love uh in spite of uh, <laughs> daniel's messages in the in the group thread oh yeah, oh, yeah. you took a big old shit on it <laughs> i know and i loved it because we we talked about it more a, a little a uh, little while ago but um the genre goes way way back to the 1930s uh with literal adaptations of uh, giallo mystery novels um which were these italian mystery novels um that were printed uh on the with these yellow covers uh, so giallo literally refers to the yellow covers of those mm-hmm. mystery novels okay. which then um evolved into a uh, a cinematic sort of subgenre of of uh, mystery murder and thriller movies that are mm-hmm. characterized by these uh, uh, sort of like when you think of like a noir aesthetic and then these uh, murderers and antagonists that sort of remain off screen for a large part of the film um, who are either tormenting uh, a single female protagonist um, or with the gender dynamic split uh, switched you have a, uh, a male protagonist being tormented by a host of, of various other um, sort of mysterious and, and insidious mm. forces around them oh. um, those are sort of the typically the two routes that these giallo movies take so the guys don't get <clears throat> It's not a coven of ladies. It's mm-hmm. just like the general essence of fear. Right. Um, <laughs> They're is, like, women can't be scary. Right. You know? oh, yeah. Only in distress. When, yeah. you, Only when in distress. these were written, it's like, well, what are they going to do to a man? Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? do? Wag your finger at me? Kinda, wow. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. You said which, you're a witch? Okay. <laughs> I know. I wrote that several times. <laughs> <Yeah>. Witch. <laughs> Um, which, yeah. but I think that's what uh, in that sort of that, that's a really good segue. Actually, I think it's one of the other things that I think is fascinating about this movie uh, that I wanted to see how what you thought of it is like. Does this movie pass the reverse Bechdel test, right? <laughs> which is like really, really like I don't know. It's awesome because it has so few male characters um, that really have any purpose or agency in it. Love it, uh, and Mar- it's kind What's of awesome. Like Mark, <laughs> yeah, Mark is just a useless buffoon. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, he, he just shows up. He's every just now a himbo, and then. dude. Like, yeah, he is fully. 
like literally he's yeah like that character does a pass he like he just serves as a, as a doormat for the female characters you're like yeah kind of fuck yeah that's awesome yeah, yeah he's for like once. the, the yeah. witch's familiar yeah he's essentially there. he's like i want to be uh, part of this so bad so <laughs> bad i want to be in this coven so hard because i don't sacrifice yeah. me mommy please it's fully that and you're like they keep sacrificing all these girls but why not me to me next but yeah because i i tried to think through it and i was trying to think of well do any of the male characters ever talk to each other do any of them have a conversation that's not about a woman and do any of them what's the other thing of the Bechtel test for uh um or it's, are there more than it's like are there more than is like, there more than like one woman yeah, yeah. Female character. No, that's time. like the number at, one. at a time that's yes. what it is yeah so i think this movie barely ta- passes the reverse Bechtel mm-hmm. test and so it's kind of a win yeah i was like <laughs> yeah. i think it could stay that way yeah. that's, yeah. that's why it's, it's why it's awesome i was like i was like that's really really awesome that Does all the... of the uh does the remake hold up? The remake well? is actually, yeah, even fewer male characters. Like, Amazing. And the only, the only male character. So this is it's kind of a spoiler, That's like, fine. but not really. But the mm-hmm. only male character in that movie that really has any agency is played by Tilda Swinton. I was gonna say, I was like, <laughs> is yeah. that Tildy the one? Because yeah. I knew, yeah, I figured that was gonna happen. Because I knew course. she had like at least four four roles yeah she has three roles in that movie uh she plays the madame blanc of of that movie as well as um the dr klemperer of that movie who is much Mm. more of a uh an active character um throughout it yeah it's uh so like i said i I was texting you guys that you know it'll be hard to talk about this movie without also using the 2018 one as context well you're just Um, gonna be our vessel of knowledge for the other movie yeah and i think but i also think yeah it's it really does serve to like the I asked about viewing experience because I I loved watching this movie. It made me sure. feel the same feelings that I had when I was watching Malignant, where I I watched like mm-hmm. 1970s Italian horror, and the more bonkers it gets, and the weirder it is with the whole 80 yard funkiness, which we'll get to in a second. Oh yeah, uh, you're like this is weird, and mm-hmm. I may be just high enough to enjoy it, <laughs> yeah. and that's usually how that experience goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the 2018 one is definitely more of a modern aesthetic, but also a much a much more just romantic story, oh, um, okay. which is fun. But I'll I'll we'll kind of pepper in some of the comparisons between that and this one um, as we get to them in the plot discussion here. Um, just a little bit more context here. So uh, we talked about there's um, a text that this movie uh, is thematically loosely based on. Um, mm-hmm. It's Thomas De Quincey's 1830s text, it published in 1845. Uh, it's a collection of prosaic or poetic prose um, called Suspiria de Profundis. Um, so Latin for from uh, size from the depths, uh, oh, basically, right? I like that. Yeah, it's really, really cool. It's basically a meditation on uh, on opium dreams um, and <laughs> his experience. That makes so much sense. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's actually kind of fucking awesome. It's basically a whole collection of uh, short essays talking about the various influences on thought of uh, base of being an, an opium addict. Um, it starts with one of the most, yes, yeah, a lot of the most interesting, like, little, like, quotes that I've, that I've read in, you know, a weird 19th century British text uh, of being, like, how, how did you come to the, you know, to imagine these kinds of dreams and characters? Characterize them in such you know fervor and he's like i did a great deal of opium and <laughs> that's like that's pretty much his refrain is like i like he has this very flowery text to explain how he's been addicted to opium like three separate times in his life and and, and then gone sober and i've never read a weirdly like i don't know it, 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 it was like reading somebody talking about you know their own modern sober experience or whatever mm-hmm. yeah. um but to read it in this very ornate you know sort of like classically literate or you know british literature text um was sort of surreal uh but the 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 
thesis of the majority of those is is talking about you know the nature of thought and and dreaming and reflecting on your own self your sense of consciousness and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but within that text, he poses this like story uh, about a um, the goddess of childbirth. Um, who is also yeah the uh, who is a um, uh, paired with these other like three mother go- goddesses okay. um, the mother uh, lacronum the mother uh, oh shoot um, mother of tears and then the mother uh, suspiriorum oh. who is, is of size of yeah of yeah the mother of size um, and so that is thematically the character who um, the uh, the final boss witch in this movie is for, sort of supposed to embody uh, final yeah. boss. <laughs> the final boss she fully is though Stage she three, comes out yeah. like a final boss mm-hmm. like big, really big n64 final boss energy oh, big time. The way she gets and even with like the special item you have to use to like yeah you know, to take her out uh she has very specific rules for her boss fight good um <laughs> but uh yeah no it, i just it, there there is a a great well of of interesting trippy spooky witchy sort of like opium induced thought that goes into the inspiration for this movie mm-hmm. um and i just think it's really interesting that like it like i said i think that gets fleshed out in the 2018 movie a little more explicitly almost mm-hmm. even uh than than in this one but i think the subtext of this one is there if we if we read mm-hmm. into it um so a little about the mechanics of this how'd you guys feel about so we'll, we'll hit it up top here this this movie is dubbed uh, how long did it take you to figure out what was happening? About, not long. Not seconds. fucking yeah. long. <laughs> it made me mad immediately. I was like, I don't know. I know that it is like common practice for like in post, like if you, if the audio did not come out right when right. you were filming, like you got to go back in mm-hmm. and voice yourself over. So yeah. for a, they straight up knew they were going to do this yeah. from the start. Yeah. No, I know. And that's yeah. why I was like, this is not yeah. that. And this it's, is it's on a bad. spectrum, right? It goes sure. back and forth. It like does. some scenes, you're like, "Oh yeah, I forgot," this is fine. and then yeah. in the others, it's egregious. Like yeah. it's pretty oh. rough. Um, yeah. But Jessica it's, I, Harper said, like in interviews afterwards, she was like, "It was tough to do these scenes because you'd literally hear like the stage crew like hammering and drilling away in the background because they weren't recording." Anything yeah. Yet. So that she'd have to be so like doing her lines, and there's some guy just fucking pounding away. Does anybody back. want a snack? Yeah, like yeah. in and, the background. Well, and to, to that point, Argento was fucking blasting the soundtrack. Yeah, the, the Goblin <laughs> soundtrack is blasting because he back. wanted to like, make it scary. Yeah, yeah. 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 Except so the worst. Like, yeah, um, that shit. Yeah, I wrote just, that down to Sarah. Which I wrote that down to. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So, which, which to that point, uh, it, it was the convention in Italian mm-hmm. cinema and filmmaking at the time to film uh, essentially to not really give a shit about your your on your production audio, mm-hmm. um, things that you know matching up like actual audio that was filmed that was recorded at the time that the uh, scenes were filmed with sure. you know whatever um, because it was just assumed that it was going to be easier like that it was going to be dubbed anyway for foreign right. languages um, and so mm-hmm. it, it just wasn't as big of an issue which in some way I think is is interesting and like very liberating obviously for mm-hmm. you know when you're like you like said you can have people working on sets and just do crazy shit like play the audio like yeah the soundtrack in the yeah. background um, and then just the drawback is that you have to deal with a movie that it's jarringly misaligned with the people's lips and yeah. like it to that point though like i think the positive uh reading of that whole device and experience is that it does also make it really weird to watch this mm-hmm. and definitely adds yeah. to the it's a, just a little off kilter yeah everything yeah, feels not quite right right the word to describe the same thing 
can be said for everything in the movie. Yeah, the everything's <laughs> not quite right. Yeah, this right. whole movie is is dreamlike, right? Yes. And I think that and that's the the way that I see that where it's like all of this weird audio and the lights and the size of the sets, it it all serves the purpose to to really make you question like what's going on in like your reality because right. the other big thing of that is that none of the characters in the movie seem to acknowledge the weirdness of the things around the design of the things around them if it doesn't relate right. to the plot, right? Right. Um, and we'll talk more about that in a second. Uh, but yeah, the dub is it can be distracting, especially if you don't know what's going on. Yeah. And I remember, yeah, us watching this and it, it's like you have that one, yeah, I think where you're like, yeah, of course in film you have to ADR some stuff, but like mm -hmm. yeah, seeing it so like blatant to where it's like Oh, you guys don't care about anything. You literally <laughs> did not care. But then they would care about things like the scene whenever all the worms show up mm -hmm. in the house. Mm -hmm. You get like the crunching yeah, of the worms. The I wrote down, yeah, delicious. worm crunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like intense. Uh, so like they dedicated time to that. And so I don't know. It was like a weirdly frustrating situation where I'm like, God, I can't focus because your audio isn't matching up with your, yeah, like your that. mouth be yeah. weird. But then all this other stuff is really great. So I'm going to continue on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is, uh, like we said, so the colors for this are, are wild, right? Uh, so not just awesome. from the set design, but uh, this is the uh, one of the last films to be made uh, using the Technicolor uh, three color print or three film print process, oh, no mm -hmm. um, which is essentially the way that Technicolor at the time was making these incredibly vibrant Sat, high, highly saturated movies mm -hmm. um, and like it was sound done of music, yeah. Wizard of yeah. Oz, Sound of like, Music Wizard of yeah. Oz um, oh shoot what was the last one that was on my list here but the, uh, the, the idea essentially is that the way these cameras work is they have like three rolls of film going at the same time and through, through the clever, clever use of mirrors um, you basically are filming onto each roll at the same time and each oh. one of those captures a specific uh, color. Primary, primary color, color. range mm -hmm. right sure. and then that gets transferred over and then projected onto uh, the final stock which is then what? is what what is shown or whatever witchcraft but the product, yeah, the witchcraft. <laughs> That's witchcraft. The uh, use of mirrors, witchcraft. Yeah. <laughs> She's a yeah. witch. Uh, I said that was actually. We're gonna get it as we go through the plot, but like okay, that great. was my yeah. constant. Like yeah. every time She's some new witch. character shows up, She's a witch. Uh, Every time, but uh, th that's where we get all these crazy, vibrant colors because the process of uh, of uh, of uh, producing the film processing and like actually, film. yeah, processing the film, you're you're essentially isolating e those primary colors, yeah, to and make them extra. Doing extra it with vibrant. with the the reverse uh, primary pigment too. So like they're using like this like cyan colored gel to make like you know the the red or mm -hmm. whatever, and then use that's why it, you it yields these very very highly saturated and high contrast uh, sort of like color palettes and everything, um, which definitely work with like we said the German expressionist architecture, uh, the crazy set designs to make everything mm -hmm. just feel super weird. And yeah, the lighting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so this movie is written uh, by Argento with uh, his um, then romantic partner and uh, writing partner, uh, the actress Daria Nicoldi. Mm -hmm. um, in the 1970s, they cast um, Jessica Harper to play the main role of uh, Susie Banyan uh, as the ballet dancer that goes to Germany to go learn mm -hmm. uh, at the uh, Helena Markle School. Um, I could ballet. not tell that it was in Germany for a hot minute. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean this is in Germany? Yeah, they, they talk about being yeah. in, in Berlin like a couple times and stuff, but it's it's not, uh, except for when, to, when you get to the Lederhosen. Like, that's, right. that's the big giveaway. That's there. when you're like, ah, oh, yes, there <laughs> yeah. we are. Uh, Found well, it. Well, I think when, when Miss Tanner shows up too, who just plays... If you were like, give me a Fraulein. This <laughs> is the Fraulein. She yes. is Fraulein. She is Hair and all, yeah. She is peak Fraulein. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. To a, to a T. Um, 
but yeah, it, it's a uh, the the one f- last thing about the 2018 one before we get to the plot too is yeah the, the 2018 one does make a, a much more explicit point of setting it in Berlin during the uh, Cold War. Um, the yeah. 2018 film is set in 1977 in Berlin, oh. uh, and the idea and it, it's supposed to it it serves as like a backdrop. There's like the um, the RAF like kidnapping incident um, with uh, that was going on at the time. That's that sort of is going on on the radio and in the background uh, as like context for the movie mm-hmm. um and one of the like main criticisms that people like sort of throw at the 2018 one is that there's not really a like a synthesis of any of those events mm-hmm. or things going on it doesn't really affect affect the plot of the movie mm-hmm. uh, I, I i don't know it's I think just it like a set does, piece yeah, yeah that and then the other main criticism of the 2018 film is that for all of the window dressing sort of presenting what are what, what would appear to be very feminist or sort of um you know thematically like sort of identifying like gender dynamics and you know romantic dynamics and like relationship things uh it's sort of all very surface level in sort of in somewhat the same way as uh remember the movie men that came out recently where that was sort of the reading of that one too where it's like this movie doesn't really have anything more serious to say other than men be crazy sometimes wow yeah Yeah, right did you had did you watch (laughs) oh a man directed this no but yeah i I would be fascinated to hear what you think of that movie it's a it's a really interesting movie and my I, I say it has extravagant gore in it. Love, uh, love which is, that. Which is a great, great way to characterize yeah. it. But Another good way for a good laugh. It's definitely a movie. Yeah, it's it's visually it's stunning, but yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, it's got some. There's a lot of uh, content warnings for that one though going into it. So let me know Heard. if you in- are interested in watching. I mean, it. it's called be. Men. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think warning. I have enough lived content uh, warnings that I'll no, be yeah. okay. Yeah. There you go. That's the warning. Yeah. Um, Men are in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. That's, <laughs> that's why you like this movie so much. <laughs> All um, men are stupid or dead. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Love but yeah, it. let's talk about some of the scenes in this movie because I think there's some really cool stuff that happens here. Uh, oh, man, this movie. <laughs> some of the most wild shit. I'm so ready. Yeah, so the, at the beginning of this movie, it starts with uh, Susie arriving in Berlin uh, at the airport. Um, and this whole first sequence is basically her arriving and then uh, witnessing Pat um, one of the other uh, students at the ballet academy uh, quickly exiting uh, the academy in fear. Mm. Um so at the beginning of this is when we like right up top you get that goblin score right yeah. uh, so this is something we mentioned kind of at the beginning uh, the band uh, they're credited as the goblins in the introductory credits right um, yeah but the film for the, or the the score for this film uh, was composed essentially by the punk by the punk rock experimental noise rock sort of band uh, Goblin mm-hmm. uh, along with Argento himself who contributed to uh, the recording of the original music Super um, it's yeah I sent you guys that link to some of the other stuff it's mm-hmm. it's very spacey like it's good that is mood yeah. music it's uh, like uh, it's very proggy mm-hmm. like makes me think of like a uh, the similar like a similar situation of like now like Trent Reznor's doing a lot of like yeah. composing and scoring work and yeah. like doing a really great job and like I think the score for this movie was great and mm-hmm. and was a good element for it. again the the sound for me was like I don't know probably part of my favorite part of it yeah. because of all the sound design mm-hmm. that they did minus the dubbing but like yeah anyway I think it's what another thing also that makes this movie such a great Halloween witchy movie yes. because that score yes. that the theme it's Suspiria so, right yeah, it's so intense and it's so iconic oh my god it's so great every time it started I was like we're advancing the plot line she's a witch in the beginning it's even like it's so just goofy too the way it's cut in at the beginning but it's we're trying to set the tone like right up top right and so Susie's in that airport and it's like every time it cuts to those like sliding glass doors the music comes in and then it cuts off and then it 
comes in again as like, if the why? door it's like that ace ventura bit where like yeah. you open the sliding glass door <laughs> and <it's> like, oh. <laughs> um but it's yeah. with the, the the suspiria theme which is so i think it's beautiful i think it's great That's like so christmas great. music too but- like it's i don't know it's just very like it's very <laughs> not a twi- christmas that i'm celebrating but it's okay. very twinkly i don't know it's sure like the, the, in a that re- sinister way yeah that just that repetitive <laughs> theme that it's not icicles it's knives twinkling together instead like it almost made me feel like david lynch like uh you know like that could have been in that theme could have been in like twin peaks yeah sure or another little spooky but it's still like yeah i mean another big like comparison like i couldn't i was looking for like a specific quote of him talking about it but i wanted to know like how much of tim burton's aesthetic is inspired by like argento and like giallo stuff too yeah because you you get like there's a direct transfer to that like when you look at you know like edward scissorhands or um like any of the burton stuff that has this you know it's the The color choice the set design yeah the hyper realism of everything and making it like surreal though Mm -hmm. and 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 colorful like almost yeah, so uh, Jessica Harper has to show up and deal with the biggest asshole taxi driver of all time. Men not helping <laughs> in the it's, rain. It was the 70s. It's like, yeah, she misses like three different taxis and then tries to flag down one. And finally the one shows up and she's like, you want to help me with my bags? And he's no. like, nope. Nope. <laughs> it's raining. I was like, are you fucking The woman, it's me? raining. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting out of this taxi. It was awful. She's yeah. Like, ah, 1977. Of course. Of course. I was talking as we were watching this and I was like, this is exactly how conversations in Germany go to like every time I've been to Germany and like my German gets good by like the second week I'm there and I can order my coffee and my beers in German without them automatically switching to English. But every conversation goes this way where she says like she asks her where she wants to go and she says Essenstrasse and like Escherstrasse, right? Mm -hmm. And she says it pretty much right. But he's like, what? What? And like for three times in a row, she's like, she says it wrong enough for him to know. Yeah, right. That like, now she's you're just not being a cunt. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Because that happens every single time. I I'll, like I would be in Germany for the first like few days, and I would try to like ask for stuff in German, and they automatically switch to English. Like <laughs> my English is much better than your German. We're just gonna do it this way. I'm like all right, we'll just do that. That's, That's fine. Very, guys. <laughs> it's very Parisian. I must say. Right. Which yeah. Is, again, I know you had an experience. Like yeah. That too. No, actually, I've well, I didn't go when I lived there. I didn't go to Paris until like the very end. Mm. So I had gotten my fucking French shit together by the time I got there, and they were like, "Oh, you speak pretty good French for an American." I'm like, "Oh my god, you're so." <laughs> nice thank you so much okay but that's exactly how this conversation went where he's like oh yeah Etchestrasse it's like the exact same way she pronounced it <laughs> that's right uh, such a fucking asshole they show up to that building and then we see Pat run out uh, and then we, we that, that flows nicely into the next like sequence where we get to start talking about the kills that I can't wait to hear you uh, <laughs> like review for me kills, um, kills, kills. I don't know if you've been on a so you if you've listened to one yet but we have uh, so Tyler whenever we talk about like murders and stuff Tyler is a cardiac surgery like assistant uh, oh uh, you'd be open and hard so he's he his day job is looking at blood and gore all day tight um and so it's really fun when we get movies where there's like explicit shots of a heart i was gonna say how did you enjoy this uh heart stabbing heart scene i had some thoughts yeah let's get into it Uh, (laughs) this is the first scene too where the uh the dubbing becomes obviously super egregious i think these are probably the two of the actors who like had the least amount of instruction going into their dub um where it's this conversation and it's also just one of the weirdest most forced conversations that almost feels like the like the introduction to a porno or something Mm -hmm. um yeah Yeah, absolutely (laughs) uh, but it's pat he so it's like the the woman who uh who was running away from the um 
the dance academy at the very beginning of the movie or right. in the last scene and she goes here and uh, meets up with her friend who is I, I guess French I don't know if the actor was French but it was definitely dubbed up with a French accent mm-hmm. um and they have some very like surface level conversation about like being upset, uh, but then we get into right. a, a crazy murder sequence where some uh, <laughs> mysterious figure from off screen shadow with the hairiest arm you've ever seen. Very hairy, arm. so hairy. I was like, very hairy. Arm. Yeah, I was like, is it, yeah, this is a fucking werewolf. <laughs> yeah, like, where are we going with this? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, that scene of of the the hairy arm slamming her face against the glass, mm. though. Like so that's the thing about these seventies movies, though. I think as we were taking up that conversation earlier is like it goes from being goofy to then being like God I damn. how uncomfortable some of this stuff makes mm-hmm. me sometimes yeah. just and like, they just let it keep going too yeah, like they, they slam her face out. into that until it's broken like every pane in the window yeah like it just keeps breaking the hand more presses her more. face against the window with such force that it shatters yeah. and, yes. then, and then it yanks her through uh and then that's when you get the cut flash back and forth between her and her friend who's trying to go and find help uh but Pat is slowly stabbed to death by mm-hmm. the. This is Very the classic slowly. hand. Yeah, yeah th- this is the classic Giallo thing of like a hand coming from off screen and just stabbing her. That's it. And then stabbing her again. And then she does a couple else of... and then coming back. I know. Yeah. I wrote down the length that they went through to kill this woman yeah. was oh, <laughs> drawn out. What? They were taking yes. their sweet said, time. She's super fucking dead, y'all. Yeah. Like when we get done. Yeah. yeah. Her heart gets opened, her chest gets opened, and then yeah, we get that that insert shot of the mm-hmm. knife just going directly into she the beating heart. heart. It's yeah. gorgeous. He That's... somehow managed to cut like resect whole portions of her ribs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To create I liked that. A hole. Yeah, he did a, it's he, not he easy did a to open up. Resection. I was gonna say, please get medical chest, with it. Is it? No, no, it's really, really not. hard. Isn't also, it? there's, there's a lot going on. There's in a here. pericardium around the heart. Was so it? even if you get in there, there's so a like whole a... layer of tissue that okay. surrounds I was like, pericardium. What sac? What? It's a sac. I was gonna say it is a sac. Heart sac. Like the placenta of the heart. With some fluid inside of it to decrease the friction. Of yeah. the tissue rubbing against each other. I actually other did not know that. That's heart placenta. But yeah, so you wouldn't cool. just see the heart. You would no. see like this massive tissue that's yeah. kind of pulsating like the like heart. S- and then, and then you'd, you'd, you'd like have to like open it up. And, like, <sighs> Why and didn't you spend more time doing out. that? Because that shit would look tight. That, that would have been, been cool. intense. I would have been down with yeah. that. So yeah. the first clue is that the murderer is a surgeon, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the looks of it. A surgeon witch. Yeah. A surgeon <laughs> witch. <laughs> well, a witch doctor? A witch doctor. Ah! Ah, we figured it out. Um, Done. That's it. But yeah, so we get a double murder right at the very top. Like He like strings her up, too, and she- uh, yeah, like, hangs her and tosses her through the skylight. Yeah, it's first yeah. it's her head that like goes through, and then yeah, you get some glass falling down and then her friend stands directly beneath like the falling glass and is like oh no i'll catch you Uh, (laughs) and then the rest of the glass shatters and these like giant bars and shards come flying down and and pierce her immediately yeah yeah impales her friend yeah the cut to shot of her with like the yeah the dummy with like the giant pane of glass stuck through the middle of it yes oh yeah that's gnarly that's nice Yeah, and then the the very like highly like orangey uh, saturated say, blood, the very 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 red blood. Mm. I was like, man, y'all just took a paint bottle and said, "Can you cut away for two seconds? I'm just yeah. gonna put two drops." It looked right like here. acrylic paint. That's yeah. what I was saying. <laughs> it's really goopy. Yeah, yeah it's nice. like I'm gonna go paint a viscous. fire truck with your blood later. Mm. Like, ugh. it's it's fun though. I like the. I think that's that's the fun thing about the the gore in this movie though. There was a conversation we were having uh, during the we were talking about Hush about my, that Mike Flanagan quote where he like always puts it best. I think when he 
he he puts very realistic you know physical like you know gore and stuff in his movies when somebody gets hurt like it affects how they behave right. for mm-hmm. the next several scenes yeah, like right yeah the protagonist in hush that's yeah like, that it follows her through the whole movie right or that one injury yeah because yeah. he's like if you go over the top with with like the gore like if, it, if you put a certain amount of blood in it becomes a different movie right. um which is true and it's not a bad thing always because sometimes you want to like be over the top like if you're sam raimi or if you're like Dario yeah, Argento, sure. you, have... you just have to be aware of how your audience mm-hmm. is gonna perceive it because mm-hmm. once you cross that line there's really no going back yeah mm-hmm. um yeah set, set expectations up top i guess right mm-hmm. uh, and, yeah and uh, they did it does yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think immediately yeah. immediately the other fun thing about this opening sequence and i uh you know talking about back to like the mechanics of this movie um the way it's shot is you know i just mentioned sam raimi and i definitely think like yeah there is some there's some parallels like going on there between treating between the two like filmmakers as far as like treating the camera like it's a character or a uh, character in the movie or whether it's the monster or the off-screen killer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because a couple of these opening sequences, when we get those shots from the outside of the window and everything, and the camera at various times, like will will move through a scene and chase scenes, or or spectate or, or act as a voyeur almost on a character uh, on another character, um, where it seems as if you're you're like from the the POV or in the perspective of mm-hmm. of some monster who's happening off-screen, which I think is like it's something that 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 is parallel between here and you know the slashes of the 70s and 80s in the united states that are really fun to watch but it's i don't know i just think it's interesting that like in this art horror piece that's also like an element of it that that contributes to making it like spooky and weird yeah and, um but in this next scene so uh, Susie gets introduced to the rest of the school in the dance troupe and we get yeah. our first like internal shots of well, the... she has to come back the next day yeah nobody because <laughs> everyone's like heard the door yeah she was on the intercom she was like I'm here let me in and the like, other voice we don't like... know you <laughs> yeah. bye girl that's my school I don't know you <laughs> I was like well fuck me I guess yeah, yeah <laughs> you're gonna leave her out there in the yeah. rain she even says that she's you like guys it's raining told me to come here yeah I said we don't know you we've never heard of you go away yeah and even at the very beginning so she's introduced she go here Yes. Uh, Miss Tanner says we were expecting you and she's like well I showed up and nobody let me in <laughs> I'm like oh well um, okay anyway sorry, <laughs> like move on like yeah. don't even address it um, we also get that uh, the, the setup of uh, uh, is it David the uh, the character uh, the blind pianist who leaves his puppy outside uh, ah. super cute oh, I know oh, well, we'll talk about the puppy uh, or Daniel I sorry um, in a little bit um it's funny too. I think in this movie they they call Madame Blanc her. Uh, they call her Madame Blank. Uh, <laughs> I Madame know. Blank. Well, it's it's such an easy thing to do. Like in the, in the 2018 one, you know, she's referred to as Madame Blanc. Uh, right. But yeah, they they call her Madame Blank, uh, who's played by Joanne Bennett, um, who's another big sort of. Uh, she she she's a big uh, recurring star of like the you know the golden age of cinema. Oh my gosh. Um, it was like another. Uh, tour de force on the, on the set of this film who Jessica Harper sort of like talked about revering with, with a, with a lot of awe. I mean, she's pure um, elegance. Yeah. And we get the, mm. also the introduction to that weird little uh, nephew kid who looks like the spawn of Satan himself. That's her real familiar. Yeah, I think the actual familiar. Yes. Um, Susie is already like, so the, 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 the teachers of the school, right. Are talking to the cops and everything because uh, they're, they're talking about Pat who disappeared the night before. Um, but the the other the big thing in, in the scene that I wanted to yeah, point out was yeah the, the colors on the inside of this house. Uh, this is where you first get like you're like oh man this is this is blue blue yeah like mm-hmm. the inside like yeah the introduction to that like entryway where they're yeah. all convening the lounge and area is so yeah it's I'm like yeah. how how are none of you like startled by this kind of thing yeah like if I had to live <clears> there. 
this is a it would have house. an effect on my psyche. Yeah, like, sure. I would not it's be like the same those person. I where like you live in a red room yeah. for twenty days and right. then you want to fucking kill everyone. Yes. That would be me in that house. And that's one of the things that like is supposed to I think like contribute to yeah the, the weirdness of this is also that like we said none of the characters react to like the weirdness of the palette of everything um, up to the point even like later on right whenever they're in that big uh, like they're all having a, a sleepover in the, in the uh, auditorium yeah. yeah in the auditorium and yeah. it's like one big white sheet with a big red, red. light behind it yeah. right and none, none of the characters are like this is weird no way you'd catch me sleeping in that no. this is no great I love this theater nice. that we're in very disturbing. fun yeah. it's like I feel like it's like the opposite of like what is it like diegetic music where the music that, that we hear as the audience is the same music that the characters hear on screen mm-hmm. it's like the opposite of that but like in in a, in a visual aesthetic where it's mm-hmm. like the thing that we're seeing like they seem to be existing in a different reality than what we are perceiving mm-hmm. yeah. or whatever uh, and it makes it very unsettling and weird mm-hmm. um, Susie gets introduced to the rest of the dance troupe and up in their tiny for how big that entryway is they get a tiny little closet to like small, get dressed in yeah room. the locker room is itty bitty yeah uh, they're all like pressed against each other in there yeah that's where we meet Olga. Uh, Olga, played by uh, Barbara McNulty, uh, who I don't know why, but it, she was kind of doing it for me, man. Like she was a, like, a, oh, yeah, like she was sassy. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. It's a personality thing. Mm-hmm. Like she was like doing a little bit there at the very beginning with like a cigarette holder, mm-hmm. and I was like, Olga can get it. She yeah. and she's like, I think mean, she is getting it. She's on the phone with somebody later, like talking about you know. She's the out person you want to be friends with at the new school. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's like, I am the cool one. This yeah. is yeah. Her. She plays like uh, in in the 2018 remake of this. The Olga character is a lot more tragic and like uh, has one of the more uh, unsettling scenes uh, in that one. That's actually really interesting. But um, the whole setup and like the relationship between Susie and the rest of these characters, right? We have Miss Tanner, Madame Blanc. Um, we get Sarah here at the beginning too, who mm-hmm. sort of like befriends Susie as they're like hanging out. Um, and then Olga, who is uh, who provides her apartment for a short period of time, we yeah. learned that uh, yeah. Susie, like a day. yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one a day, whole literally day. one day. <laughs> yes, um, we learned that Susie has the option of staying at, at the uh, the house, mm-hmm. or she at the school at the at the school, but then chooses to go stay in Olga's apartment um, with her. She has to go pay rent to Olga, uh, mm-hmm. like fifty dollars, I guess, Which a month. Girl, I would too. Yeah, I'm staying in that house. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. No, thank you. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like y'all were talking about earlier. Your first year on campus. Campus. Yeah. Like, no, I'm getting the fucking house. I'm not yeah, saying, I'm not I'm not saying, saying with these y'all. dorms. I never <laughs> stayed in a dorm. I know. So yeah. proud of you. Yeah. Congrats to the both of you. That. <laughs> no, that's a lie. I did for a few months. Yeah. But that didn't last very long. He said, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. Also, uh, we meet Pavlo to the uh, like the the ugly butler from Romania. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. a little yeah, like they really typecast that motherfucker. Yeah, right. there's like some like subtle like I feel like there's like, a little you're... bit of like Italian racism going on there. Yeah, to you're the a tall guy with a big nose and uh, you know kind of scrunched up and all the things. shoulders. Yeah. Oh, the you're quote, gonna be the goon. The quote yeah. from Miss Tanner literally is like, "He's very ugly. Don't be afraid to tell him so." <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was, I was like, like, "Damn, girl. why are you gonna do my yeah. boy Pavlo we like that?" Harsh. Like, yeah, we all tell him every day to his face. So. You are ugly. I'm like, oh, god damn. Y'all really do not be liking him, okay? Yeah. Uh, but Subtle. After everybody meets each other, we get that scene where, yeah, Olga and Susie are commiserating at uh, back at Olga's apartment. Um, and that's when uh, Susie starts experiencing weird shit, like hearing mm-hmm. noises. Uh, and that's where the music cues really come in. And we start yes. to be like, all right, there is something suspicious going on here. Seems sus. Um did you know anything? So wait, you said you had seen this before this uh, this viewing. No, Did I you know anything about like where the plot was going? No, I tried to come <laughs> into this as like 
like no yeah as cold as possible like no expectations didn't do any research beforehand knew that the other movie existed and was like i just want to enjoy it like yes wholly wholesomely that's that's perfect because i I love control experiments like that because i'm curious is like how long it takes in the movie before you you suspect like you try to piece together what's happening because i feel like the clues that are laid are like going in so many different directions yeah it really is which it's I not like really to. until like the act three exposition dump that we get where we're like, oh, okay, this is what we're dealing with here. Yeah. Right. Where like magic is real. Yeah. When witches mm-hmm. are real. And you're like, oh, okay, well, why would you say that unless magic is real and witches are real? Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So now that's yeah, what Then they just like drop it. And then it's a race to the finish. Yeah. Because right. until then, everything's just kind of weird. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. you're like, but you get that the teachers, Matt, like uh, Tanner and Madame Blanc, like want Susie at the house. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. And then, we need to. well, she goes to the class, right? Like yeah. Her, like, so first day, and she passes out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then immediately, they're like, yeah, Olga kicked you out. She doesn't want you to live with her anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm oh like, God. did she, though? Or like, no, they, they say know. explicitly, like, it's it's the, like, they say that Olga went and got her bags, brought them to the, uh, to the, the ballet academy, yeah. uh, and they set her up in the room where Pat was living. Um, gotcha. Specifically, dun, 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 yeah, and then she gets injected yeah. with some random shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like, that he's like fucking quack doctor. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that like, great seventies medicine. Though, oh yeah, man. just drink right. the red like, wine. Just, yeah, just that just prescription was amazing, right? Yeah, yeah you just <laughs> eat a glass of red wine with every meal, done, and you'll be set. Perfect. Like, yeah, yeah, it, same. Yeah, look it, at me. That particular moment makes me think about like in Midsommar how they do the setup of like how things start to aren't really all that weird except for obviously the death in the beginning. But when they mm. get to whatever that place is and drink the 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 the, the whatever tea the mm-hmm. tripping mm-hmm. tea essentially, it's that same kind of device of being like, oh, okay, now we're either yeah. we're now consuming something. Downwards. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what's curious because that's kind of where I started like catching onto it. Where I'm like, all right, how are we cursing this girl like with the the wine or whatever? Right. injections and it's like oh you're you're in a bad situation we need to like not be taking this medicine um because you're right it is that it follows the same exact tropes as a uh, midsummer which is like wicker man too right um or wicker man as well mm-hmm. where uh <laughs> not <laughs> i, I wish too. there was a yeah not man. Man oh too, right? wow the wickening yeah more bees more bees more fun have you seen the christopher lee wicker man to uh, the original one no uh, yeah. i've definitely seen the one with nicholas Cage, <laughs> yeah though. the original one's even more like i don't know it's sure like it's, it's a lot ridiculous. sexier too oh, like there's okay. a lot of titties in that movie great uh there's a whole dance sequence like with boobs Just out nothing yeah. but tits it's it's a whole thing that. but yeah th- this idea of like a occulty um mystery thing that that is that is kicked off with like a very uh gruesome inciting incident like yeah. that's the structure of this movie to a t where it's like you get this really gnarly murder right up top so you're like all right the tone is set i know things are not going well right. uh, and then it's just weaving this mystery of what are these people up to and what are, what are their motivations right and i think mm-hmm. that's kind of like where we start getting pulled out where we're trying to figure out like what's so special about Susie and why are they so committed to like having her here right um, my um, first thought i was like i don't know i could tell from the beginning i was like this is some witch stuff and my first thought was they're going to take this homegirl and turn her into a sacrifice or something, mm-hmm. right? Like, why else would you work so hard to to keep her? She's got to be important mm-hmm. to you and your fucking powers, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. but I or to bring her there from right across the planet, exactly. Mm-hmm. I did a lot. 
I'm, I'm realizing too that like as we get to the climax of this movie and I want to talk about the ending of the 2018 movie that it's too much of a spoiler um, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think of a way to frame it without us without ruining that movie for everybody who hasn't seen it yet I'm assuming people who listen maybe I don't know we'll see um, if you've listened to if you watch that movie and you're listening to this I'll try to provide as, enough detail you should detail pause it, it now yeah, and right. go watch it and then come back, <laughs> come back. <laughs> before uh, Travis saying. ruins it for yeah, you because exactly. <laughs> we're uh, going to ruin it right now yeah. <laughs> uh, so Susie gets cell set up in the room right next to Sarah uh, uh, they they kind of quickly become fast friends and we can tell that they're building uh, a relationship of trust. Uh, mm. This whole dynamic, like the the relationship between Sarah and Susie is essential in, in the new movie as well, where it, it kind of serves as like, we the, the Susie character never really has like a whole lot of agency until the very end, right? It takes her a yeah. long fucking time. She's to drugged like, up for those. She's she drugged up. Function. Yeah, and, and so Sarah kind of starts taking the lead role as like the the paranormal protagonist yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> right like she's the one who's she's like the on ghost the hunter shit. Yeah. yeah and she she's the one who sort of well, like starts yeah and she's stuff so out. uh traumatized by her friend's death mm-hmm. but um she has to get her revenge yeah mm-hmm. right exact revenge immediately uh but let's talk about this next creepy scene where we get the maggots uh yeah this thing was like worms. yeah i think you know if on the on the grocery list <laughs> of uh, yeah, yeah. it was awesome <laughs> on the grocery list of like classic nasty stuff that you can do in a movie to set people off like it's, man it's creepy up, crawlers yeah, are set, well and they're like getting ready for dinner too right, right? yeah so they're you're about to eat yeah and then the worms is and then there, it rains worms did you read any reason research or anything on like how, what it took to do that scene how practical it was i, yeah, I assume I this is know. mostly practical it was uh, practical yeah. Like, yeah okay they great. well because there's a shot where the the maggots are like raining down right, right? and they're wiggling up um they're wiggling i guess most of it they used rice they were like dropping rice oh. from the ceiling but then close-ups yeah. had worms mm-hmm. Love but, like, that. it made it seem like a ton because they were just, like, dumping Sprinkling rice onto rice. all the actors and actresses. <gasps> mm, yummy, yummy, yummy. That's mm. cool. Okay, you're like, is it rice or is it a worm? Is yeah. it rice or is it it's a worm? It's a fun little game. Open up. I don't uh, like that. And also the idea <laughs> like of a baby so bird. protein. Wow. <laughs> Having the reveal be as she's brushing her hair, Whoa. too. That was the yeah. one where you're like, because that's the thing is, like, when you get. It's just like any you... shower scene in yeah. a modern horror. Yes. You yeah. know, like, you're showering, the hand goes through the hair. Oh, there's something back there. Yes. So gross. timeless. I loved Spook. it. Yeah. And the fact that she pulls yes. it out and it was on like the comb itself yeah. too. I was like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like, girl, you got lice. Did you yeah. have you lice growing Get up? The World's largest I lice. I never got lice. Really? Good but for we, you. They would like was your hair too curly? Check us. My hair is very thin and curly. Mm. Um, so yeah, maybe that helped me out a little bit. Tyler mm. had a little fro at one point. Oh, good for you. And now it's like 60% gone. You pull it off though. You look really good with it. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, basically what happens is like this, this, this initiates everything where it gives them a reason to uh, corral everybody into the auditorium. Um, oh, yeah. Madam says that they received a shipment that was clearly spoiled and they turned the practice room into a dormitory where everyone can I'm sleep together. sorry. The entire house is covered in worms. You're going to tell me it is a <laughs> shipment, my dude? Which yeah. sign? Number fucking 10. Yeah. They said movie. it was just the that floor. And that, that yeah, was some their... spoiled food in the attic. Yeah. Like um, I do not believe. What we learn later about this, so like we're to assume that the... the the coven initiated this though right that's what i'm saying yeah right in order to get, them yeah, to get them all in the same in spot. the same yeah. spot and that was like the objective of mm-hmm. that um, because so then we see them 
that sets up the next scene where they're sleeping, right? They mm-hmm. all go to sleep in, in the, the space in the, in the brightly. There's a very sheet, red. There's a sheet hung around all of them. So yeah. Which you get weird. silhouettes of people on the outside. Right. Deep, very vibrant red lighting. Uh-huh. And then, what's her name? Pat? Sarah is uh, yeah. Susie's friend. Pat's dead, right? Yes. yes. You're talking, about, keep flipping her, those you're talking yeah. about her it's explaining hard. to Susie yeah. about the that, director. All the, the what? The director? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the matriarch of the yes. school. Madam yes. Who she can tell... That it's definitely... her sleeping in the room with them. That's right. Because she's making those snore. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Because she's like, That's how you know it's her because yeah. of the sound. So it makes like looking back after finding out, like, oh, that's a witch. Um, are they getting all of them in this one space to be able to, to, to absorb to their put, life force that's to put the the the, the directress mm-hmm. near them yes. as some sort of like. So she can choose or, you know, like feel, yeah. out, feel out the energy, mm-hmm. the vibes. That's what I assume. It was a vibe check. Yeah, it was a vibe check. <laughs> yeah. um, I then think we proceeded a- to the vibe check. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and Susie, you have passed the vibe check. You have check. passed, girl, with you flying colors, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that was too much. <laughs> I can't. They're like, oh, it's like supposed to be so scary. And then yeah, you just hear like, someone with like clearly, what's it called? Uh, sleep apnea. Thank sleep you. Apnea. <laughs> she like, sets herself up. You, she has the machine. Yeah, and her pull fucking, back the Like curtains. four pillows behind her head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't had my melatonin. <laughs> Disgusting. Uh, it's, yeah, it's one of those things like the... Uh, the the 2018 one is so much sexier with this stuff. It's like to I don't know maybe to a fall, but it's also like so. Uh, Luca Guadagnino is the one who directed the new one, and mm. uh, he's also directed Call Me by Your Name, and he's directing oh. the new movie that's coming out to meet the Chalamet Bones and All. Um, Which we've heard only great things about. Yeah, of course. Um, and that movie, one of the one of the critics that I that I read about it was talking about how he he loves to put beautiful people in his movie. Which is, I mean, like, yeah, he, sure, like, we like to watch pretty people. Yeah, everybody in his movie is very very pretty to look at, from Mia Goth to Dakota Johnson, particularly, and um, Tilda Swinton, and Tilda Swinton, you include her uh, yeah. in that list, mm-hmm. damn it. But the, especially the way that they play Dakota Johnson and whatever body double uh, they insert for the dancing portions, um, the uh, the Marcos in that movie uh is much more like there's a scene in it where she's reaching up to the ceiling of a of a room from mm-hmm. below and above her is where dakota johnson is performing like a ballet performance uh-huh. and like the performance is very like um you know modern and stuff and mm-hmm. dakota johnson's like writhing on the like doing the worm essentially mm-hmm. uh and mark you can see the hand reach up and it like strokes the ceiling where she is and so there's much more of an explicit like yeah. i'm drawing Sigil. your energy Whoa. and kind of thing um, yeah. For the 1977 movie, this whole sleepover thing, though, I think is a good time to mention that. Um, so the original script for this, um, the Ballet Academy was for young, young girls. Children. It was for right. like, yeah, like 10, right. like the original cast, right. like characters were going to be 10 oh. to 13 year olds, essentially. People probably would not have vibe. People would not have had that. as good of a time sure. watching little children get gruesomely murdered, probably. Probably <laughs> and not. So, or even being around. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, and so that was why the decision was made to cast older sure. characters and, and rewrite sense. it because Arjun um, Joe basically said this like we can't 
Yeah. Nobody will buy this. Nobody's going to watch this okay. if we it's kill the 70s. little kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to that point, uh, so many, there's a lot of things that remain, though, in the script uh, where essentially you just age up the characters, but they still behave very naive like children. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And scenes like this, too, where you're like, oh, it's a bunch of adult women sleeping in a room together. Like, why don't they just get a hotel or something? Right. Like, this is, mm-hmm. it's kind of, un- seems unnecessary or a bit forced. Yeah. Um, another thing about the production design that we mentioned earlier about uh, the weird, expressionist German like architecture um, the the size of the doors and the sets is right. exaggerated the doors are giant and the doorknobs are at chest level mm-hmm. to simulate also the effect of having these adult women reach have to reach up to open a door as if they are children um, so it kind of creates the same sort of visual language right. of having you know young like you know yeah. precious like defenseless you know little mm-hmm. kids wandering around sure. um, yeah in isolated in like this boarding school type of mm-hmm. environment right um so the, in the next sequence we get uh the really sad stuff with daniel right uh daniel oh is the no. uh oh, daniel's so dirty yeah right uh, i was really mad oh i guess before we leave the sleepover scene though we shouldn't forget to acknowledge that mark is a creep uh but fully <laughs> fully peeping over the uh yeah like the the over, barrier like, that was created yeah, like the, yeah. <laughs> I just can't even. I forgot about that. Until face. you fucking said, yeah. Yeah, hmm. yeah cuz no dialogue or anything. It's just no, like just, oh, mm. just eyebrows. Disgusting. <laughs> eyebrows, yeah. eyebrows. Um I thought earlier cuz earlier when they were talking in Olga's apartment, right? Susie or Susie and Olga are back there and you know, Mark Mark makes an appearance there to deliver like food or bags or whatever mm-hmm. and uh there's like a little chemistry that goes on there and yeah, they also she's like ta- you didn't have to do that. Yeah, I right. Like, you did. Yeah, and they talk about it in this during the sleepover too. There's they start talk before they talk about the directress. They're like, "Oh, have you heard about Mark? Well, he was hot on Pat before, but now it seems like he's into Susie." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Look what happened to Pat, idiot! Yeah, Come there on. was a you moment. Die. <laughs> there was a moment in the conversation between Olga and Susie though at the apartment where she's like, "Well, he doesn't have any," and she like rubs her fingers together, <sighs> and I was like. It took me a second to be like, oh, she means money. Yes. Like, he can't pay for anything, which is why he lives at the school and serves as, like, a servant boy or whatever. Sure. But at first, I thought that she was, like, that they were about to start stirring the rumors about his sexuality. Oh. Mark is a little... Mark's money, Yeah, Mark know? doesn't play for the team that <laughs> right. you think he does. Because we didn't uh, have the limp wrist <laughs> designation in the 70s, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah I sure. think that's the other thing about including, like, male. Because there's other... One thing that was interesting about this movie compared to the 2018 one, too, is that the 2018 one is completely absent of male characters characters also in the ballet academy so it's like in this one there's male dancers as well Mm -hmm. uh mark being one of them and you get those other hairy chested uh i guess italian italian ballet (laughs) dancers doing their thing yeah um that's so funny uh but yeah this next sequence we get that whole this whole business with daniel getting kicked out of the academy and it's very sad um daniel is the blind pianist for the uh uh whenever they're practicing in the auditorium um, and he's introduced to the movie walking up with his German Shepherd guide dog who, who so always cute. waits outside like so a good cute. boy mm-hmm. like a good um, while he goes inside and plays piano. Uh, so we, we met Miss Tanner and that annoying little nephew kid earlier. They kind of like telegraph that he's going to something Damien Omen shit is going to go on here and right. he's going to antagonize this dog, uh, <sighs> which he probably does. She and I immediately absolutely did. I know this stream, my other notes whenever this is going on, I'm like, oh, don't hurt the dog. Don't hurt the dog. Don't leave the dog alone. <laughs> Um, so rude. But Daniel is 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 uh, exited from the academy after uh, the dog apparently attacks the little boy off screen, and Miss mm-hmm. Tanner rushes in and and antagonizes him, um, and so he's forced to 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 quit. And there's this whole bit of of 
tormenting mm-hmm. Daniel as he's trying to like leave with a little bit of pride. Uh-huh. Miss Tanner throws his jacket and his cane on the floor, well, and I'm yeah, like, come, come on, on, man. Right? Like, leave Daniel alone. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> it's and just then he like... Goes, then he goes straight to the bar. Yeah, like you do. Heard. I mean, you yeah. would. Yeah. I mean, Same. You got to take the edge off with your buddies and some lederhosen. Uh, <laughs> with a little bit of slappy slaps. I loved it. I was yeah. like, this is a very fun and jovial yeah, sequence that we're having. Having a great time, right. man. Like, ah, lederhosen. It's very funny uh, to also have that like outside of this like weird fever dream of a place. And mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, oh, real life, places everyday exist. things are happening yeah. outside Which makes over it here. even weirder that yes. everybody at the school is like, this is fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. Right. No, the rest of the world's normal. Yeah, yes. the people at the bar seem to be completely unaware that there's like weird ass people happening. going on like yeah. she's going on over there which is also what's so jarring about the scene when she speaks to the psychiatrists back to back right oh my we god get yes back to back exposition characters but they're like you're like both of you guys are perfectly normal if not dressed interestingly and mm-hmm. well can we also um, talk about well no I will hold it I will wait yeah we'll get there we will um, yeah so Daniel's uh, whole experience ends uh, with a so He's in the Lederhosen bar sure. dance hall, right? Um, there are some boys up there slapping it up. Um, <laughs> Guten Tag, clop, which, clop. Yeah, that's what <laughs> that's what it is. They're having like a, they're doing like a slap dance. Like it's like yeah. a uh, like like slap 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 slap. Do you guys slap, see the producers? Slap. You know what I'm talking about, right? What the mm-hmm. Guten Tag, clop, clop. No. no. What is the Guten Tag clock clock? Sorry, game. that went over my That's totally fine. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I forget I'm in a room with two dudes. Um, <laughs> Sorry. It's fine. Uh, you should absolutely, this has nothing to do with horror. Um, side, if you need some like brain bleach after this movie, go watch mm. the producers. The one with um, uh, Nathan Lane and Will Ferrell and Michael oh. Broderick. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Will Ferrell plays a like German guy who's obsessed with pigeons and he does a song that's called the Guten Tag Club Club. And it's just what they did at the bar. He's that. in Lederhosen and it's <laughs> hand slapping and clapping and all the stuff. So that's 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 my useless Guten Tag Club Club. Say it in so ex- like it sounds like yeah. a euphemism for something. It has to be. Ugh. Well, if you watch the producers, you'll understand. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll good. find my way there. Anyway, so they're Guten Tag Club Clopping about on the bar. Um, Daniel's trying to make his way home with his trusty guide dog, uh, and on the way, some 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 something's afoot. Sinister. Some mysterious force yeah, and we get some of those him. we get some of those shots too that are very yeah. voyeuristic like mm-hmm. that seem to be from the perspective of something yeah something that's watching him cross the the courtyard alone at night mm-hmm. with his yeah. dog my interpretation is that it's like yeah the uh, the spirits of the witch you know mm-hmm. like flying around like and, projecting yeah exactly things. Yes. yeah yeah mm-hmm. um there's apparently so we there's this this the set right this outdoor set piece where he's in the courtyard of this like giant monument area it's, that shot's beautiful it's cool, too just right? very stark like the areas that are lit and the yeah. areas that are in shadow mm-hmm. there's a lot of contrast mm-hmm. and, and the you pillars just see his, of that thing yeah like, and you yeah. see his figure with the dog yeah. just in the empty like the negative space in the middle of the right. screen you're like Something's about to fucking happen. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, this is such a nice shot." I it would be a shame if would they were to ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> what a lovely moment we're having! It's yeah. going to be okay. No, um, it's not. Yeah. Um, so the mysterious force. Yeah, there's uh, that gar. Yeah, that gargoyle basically from the top of that monument that mm-hmm. seems to like swoop down at him. Um, I guess there's a cut of this movie where like they they were going to do a practical effect to have that gargoyle be animated and like attack him or whatever. What? That didn't. Mm. That it's didn't probably pan very out. expensive. Um, uh, 
Yeah, but his his ultimate fate though is uh, that uh, his his trusty guide dog is incited to rage or something and attacks Daniel. Yeah, it just it's goes right for the throat, uh, very mm-hmm. much in a the hills have eyes kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, style. It was a it was a gnarly death. You don't want to die that way. It's very mm-hmm. sad, very sad and very very gruesome. Yeah, um, it's your own pupper too. I like, know. Like, I know. Well, they wants to be eaten by their own pupper. Yeah. And it's that's when this is an instance where I noticed like a lot being left off screen because mm-hmm. you get the shot of the dog pulling the flesh up onto the screen right. but you don't actually see daniel's like right. body while mm-hmm. it's happening mm-hmm. which um, i feel so like... it's just i mean i can't imagine they had like the makeup effects like right to be able to do something like saying. that like yeah but it's also time, that at least not with the budget that they had right you know, like but What's, that time period, though, I feel like that it, that is totally a device normal. that's used yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, like, my dad loves to talk about movies, loves to talk about historical things, pop culture. He knows a lot of stuff. So that is one thing that he, I remember him mentioning several times is that what made a lot of these movies so scary is the stuff that you did not see. Yeah, they so won't what show you. you came up with in your own mind yeah. as to what might have actually happened is scarier than what they put in front of you. Yeah. So I liked it. Mm-hmm. That was a big element of our conversation. And it's, it's interesting though, because of the fact that this is an Italian film and not an American film where um, right. the filmmakers are, fighting the rating system so hard um when we were talking about texas chainsaw massacre you know we we brought that up a lot where it's the idea of what you imagine happened um off screen even though there is some gruesome stuff that happens Mm -hmm. people don't realize until they watch it again that that movie is fairly bloodless like there's not a lot of like there's blood in the decorations and the set design of that movie but the actual on-screen like gore is is pretty minimal yeah it's Um, limited yeah yeah. and to because of it's that's an american film um they're constantly fighting the rating system where they're like all right can we try to get an r rating and like they were trying to get a pg rating uh, (laughs) because well there was no pg-13 back then it went straight from r to pg um but they were just at a certain point just trying to avoid an x rating and so they finally compromised on r Um, but then you go to the film like this where like you know the rating system is, is different but i guess you know as far as like the american release of the movie goes um you know that's something that we consider but it doesn't seem to be have been an issue or like in consideration for this and i guess that's um, before this is before nc-17 also as a rating yeah I don't know. Yeah. yeah it would have been and it wouldn't have been rated um it was only released on uh, uh aftermarket in oh, the united states okay. mm-hmm. um, so you had to like go buy it or yeah whatever. they're yeah. rented yeah. yeah yeah um and the other thing is like i couldn't find man like there's no information on the budget for this movie when you're talking as you're talking about oh, that damn. Uh, it's, or it, it's yeah. probably yeah. out there i, but I did right. say that but i don't actually know what the budget is yeah it but one would assume like this type of film yeah Google it. I with know. argento like which i mean he's made movies before this that did well in italy yeah but it couldn't have been a huge budget movie. Yeah, this like is something that I wish I would have looked more into that maybe we'll try to discuss later as we see different movies and stuff. But um, I, I just don't have a conception of what the production, what, what money looks like in, Ita- in Italy at this time mm-hmm. um, yeah. for Italian productions. Um, I, I, didn't, don't, I don't have an understanding of what the t- pipeline is for that. Um, well, but if you know, email me in, uh, at uh, scarysundayscaries at gmail.com and let me know. Um, but yeah, so uh, Daniel's death, pretty gruesome, very sad. Uh, they uh, so we, we cut back to like Sarah and Susie uh, for the remaining like couple of scenes here where Sarah is still alive um, and this is where we sort of like flesh out and get a little bit more about like the actual like 
sinister goings on behind the scenes um mm-hmm. that we start to reveal uh that um pat had suspected the academy of witchcraft uh sarah tells Susie uh that there is a notebook of evidence that she has uh in which uh pat was taking notes on the the teachers uh and about mm-hmm. maybe their, where they their, went at night yeah mm-hmm. their witchy things um they uh, go back to their rooms to find that the notebook has been stolen. Uh, and so, uh, and in the course of that, um, Susie appears to pass out from mm. either some kind of Susie's spell. Cross, she's crossfaded, dude. Yeah, she's, she's like, crossfaded as fuck on too red wine. Yeah. Too lit. Uh, and, the uh, wine and the hex that's been put on. <laughs> Lightweight. You never want to You never want to mix red wine. And hexes. And magic. <laughs> I did Stick it one to the time. White I'll never do it again. Stick to chilled white. Chilled white. If you're going to go with the hexes. And well. don't okay. operate heavy machinery <laughs> yes. while under hexes. <laughs> I'm forklift certified. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You do so I'm much. I'm forklift certified. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Is it, is it you or Spencer that has a hat that has, or Sp- I think Spencer, Spencer has, has a hat that says forklift yeah. certified. Big, I'm a big wow. fan of uh, forklift memes myself, but we don't <laughs> have to go down that route. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I'm glad. <laughs> Send I'm us glad your you have that in your life. I'm happy for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very glad you have forklift life <laughs> culture in your, in your day-to-day life. It's, it's I'm very culture. glad for you <laughs> and the forklifts. It's very niche. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so this is where we get uh, Sarah's uh, fleeing the uh, unknown shadowy figure and her eventual demise. Oh, yeah, I uh, fucking love this. Yeah, yeah this whole thing was. Uh, I was waiting for some hairy ass arm to come out. Right? Nah. nah but they didn't really show thing. that. Yeah. Not yeah. At all. Which kind of like because the hairy arm never really comes back, and I think it's the, what we're. I was. F- I wanted it to come back. Yeah. I wanted a reason that why it was, hairy. was the hairiest. <laughs> skinniest arm I've ever seen in my fucking life. In my mind, it's not even that the entity was meant to be Harry. It's just that the one actor they casted <laughs> the one just guy. happened to be a the fucking one. Armenian. Like, <laughs> they said, everybody hold your arm out. You. Yep. <laughs> your arm is everybody the hairiest. Wrap, wrap your arm around this windowsill and we'll see which one is the which most striking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, sir. That's You're, absolutely it. Come on. Um, but yeah, like we said, this is like the rest of the revelation of the mystery. Sarah also had revealed to Susie that she was the one on the intercom that night and that mm-hmm. uh, Pat was t- revealing to her the secrets of the uh, the house. Um, yeah, and then we get start getting the chase sequence with Sarah. Uh, so she like goes out into the hallway because she can sense the like, they're, they, had, they, they were listening to the footsteps of the teachers, right? right? Mm-hmm. And listen, and finding out that uh, the direction they were going was not towards the exit of the school uh, like they had been led to believe that they were leaving at 9.30 every night. It was somewhere, it was an it was the opposite direction. It was somewhere else deeper. inside. Deeper. The and stairs go right, the but the steps level. go left. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also counting the footsteps to figure yeah. out how far into the school they had gone. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Sarah escapes. Uh, she's she. Susie's approached in her sleep with like one of those similar like sh- you know perspective shots, right? Um, and so Sarah escapes into the hallways, trying to get away from this unseen figure. Um, she makes it up to the attic. Uh, and then in, with interplayed shots, we get those shots of that that cloaked figure retrieving a, uh, a straight razor, and then yeah. like that little mm-hmm. thing, the the pin cushion with needles on it. Um, Sarah is attacked by the figure in the attic uh, as it emerges from the dark, and she locks herself in a in a separate room, um, and then makes no effort to uh, <laughs> to really do anything as, Nothing as, else. The, as the figure uh, unlatches. She just like, starts ah! wiggling it. Yeah, just frozen in fear. It's one of those like flip over like hook locks. Essentially, it's so right? dumb, and the yeah. fact that it takes them so long to open it's like, it. Just lift it up. Yeah. Right? I was like, are why you, are you so like, bad oh, at this? Oh, 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 <laughs> and she's just standing there, like yeah. freaking just out about. Powering in the corner, right. and then figures out the most like the hardest solution to the world's problem. World's smallest window. Yeah, <laughs> world's yeah. smallest window. 
next to a pile of like luggage limp luggage that as soon as she steps on it (laughs) i love it like starts bending and falling i love that i was so glad that it was real ass luggage and not (laughs) Not like not a set piece that looks like like luggage on the outside Uh, with little feet in them you know what i mean like it made me very happy luggage yeah i was like oh if she falls she's gonna for real fall that's gonna be awesome Mm -hmm. yeah Sunday's yeah, she, she manages to escape through that tiny little window up top, which seems to grow like three times in size by the time she gets there. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I <laughs> don't know who could fit through that if not just a child or a cat. Yeah, <laughs> it was supposed to be a child. Uh, well, yeah. there you go. So. And the bizarreness of this scene, though, as she <laughs> evaluates her surroundings and then takes a swan dive Shweel. into a pool of a t- barbed, a wire. barbed wire. Of razor wire. Like you have, wire. you know, like every school has a pit of razor wire in I between the classrooms. I laughed you know? so hard. I never look. I always just jump, and I always end up in the, in the razor wire. It just <laughs> always happens wire. to me. God. Um, I got so mad. It's <laughs> a pretty frustrating <laughs> death. I paused it. it. <laughs> Did I, you really? I think Courtney was in the room, too, and I was like, what the fuck is she doing? <laughs> Why then, the fuck is this And then this you, she it? realizes she's in razor wire. Right. So obviously what you're going to do is just start rolling around Barrel everywhere. Yeah. Just like <laughs> tangling herself. She's like basically grabbing more of it and like and shoving like, it on her body. And she's like, man, I love body. this. This is great. Yeah. This is how I want to go out. That. Yeah. This is great for me. Love that for me. Yeah. Uh, Cut me harder, daddy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Murder <laughs> <Cut> me, daddy. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, she's in she yeah. she, So she kind of just swims around in the pool of razor wire. Until she fucking dies. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I was like, she's so, so stupid. I said, you know what? You do deserve to die. Fine. Yeah. You had this one coming. We're going to give this one to the witches. (laughs) Darwinism wins again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Or the witches. Yeah, he comes in. He cuts We assume. Oh, no, he goes around the other way, right? He must hear her. Yeah. Jump out. He comes out this other that's door. That's right. Slashes yeah. her throat. Yeah. That's, and that's a good slash. Like, yeah. it's another one yeah, of those yeah, yeah. great practical slashes. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the close cut up. Like, yeah. Just the very brief. splitting of the skin. The skin very splits and then it slash. cuts away again. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was good. And then now now our new protagonist is Susie again. Um, we had a we had a temporary protagonist for a while with we Sarah. Did. Um, but then Susie becomes a pre- protagonist for the remainder of this. Um, in this uh, in these next few like sequences and stuff, we get like the, her whole interaction with uh, Dr. Mendel who is the psychiatrist that was treating Pat um, mm-hmm. before she left. Um, Dr. Mendel in this movie is pretty sexy. Like, he's he's oh, yeah. dressed very his well. His fit? Mm-hmm. It's like a bright green jacket, <laughs> right? I also have to say his... Uh, Didn't he have, like, a wingtip collars, too? Yeah. yeah. Or am I imagining that? He was, like, peak did. Italian fashion. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you are very much a fashionable, professional mm-hmm. Italian man. Mm-hmm. But I also want to talk about the blatant... Um, uh, HIPAA violation that he goes oh, in. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's yeah. Just telling she was her a patient about her. Patient. Yeah, like just straight up. And I was like, I work at a counseling and wellness center, and so mm. I immediately was like, God, the PHI yeah. is violated. I violated. Oh, hospital. so you get it? Yeah. yeah. And so you're like, yeah, wow. Like, yeah. Oh, she did she tell you she was my patient? Yeah, she had a fucking breakdown. And yeah. I was like, you're like, just telling. Oh, me. you're. All right. That's so unethical. Because that's how he starts the conversation. Yeah. I know. No, right off the bat. By the way, the like, bitch was crazy. You know this yeah. girl? She's crazy. She was insane. Let me tell you how. Yeah. This is it. I have the report To be fair, right they here. are in Germany. So yeah. maybe the, uh, the, I don't know, the privacy laws are different there. Yeah. yeah, it was also 77. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm telling everybody everything. Yeah. It's my conversation starter, apparently. God. But this is where we get the big expo- exposition dump um, about the origins of the house, uh, yeah. kind of like why. It's a lot to take in in a short mm-hmm. conversation. Like, mm-hmm. this is one of those things, yeah, Dario Ojetra is not exactly, like, he's not worried about 
cohesive narratives, right? Yeah. He doesn't really care about like there's yeah. a cool story there, but it's yeah. not really what's driving his movie along. His movie is about like just making it feel. He just weird needs and... a way to get to the end. Yeah, and this allows this us it. to get to the end. Yeah. Now, um, so Mandel refers her to a different guy, right? Yeah, who's because, standing right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy right there will take care of you. He was like, yeah, Pat or Sarah. Sorry, like, so I many did lady again. names. It's all right. Um, Sarah was like convinced that there was witchcraft or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, Pat was too. Pat told yeah. Sarah about it. But Dr. Mandel, mm-hmm. basically, he says like witchcraft is like the mind being mentally ill or something. He completely writes her off. Yeah. This like, is actually this, She's a crazy woman. Yeah. And she's mentally ill. And that's right. why she believes in witches. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he's like, but this guy over here believes in magic. And then he's right there. And he <laughs> like, explains the whole fucking hot. backstory. This yeah. is a really, for, for as like, as weird and bizarre as this like back-to-back exhibition dump is, uh, there is like one little nugget in there that I think is is a really like, piqued my interest as far as the, th- the thematic stuff of this movie and the uh, remake in 2018 is exactly what you talked about. This idea, it's like this very like um, Jungian like uh, psychology and like uh, sort of perspective of like manifesting a reality where it's like, in the new movie too, they the Doctor Mendel is like going to the police and trying to be like, well, my patient thought that there was witchcraft going on there, and they're like, well, do you believe in witches, Doctor? And he says, no, but I believe mm. that people can commit crimes and and you know in the spin based on their reality, yeah, right. and then and then call it witchcraft or do things where if yeah. people believe in something enough, then it becomes reality. Right. Much more um, modern take on psychology, yeah, <laughs> than uh, crazy witch lady, yeah, right, um, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But it's like, I don't also know. Also, as a mandated reporter, when your patient goes missing, you right? should probably <laughs> tell somebody about it. You should probably it. be letting people know. <laughs> like, that. not just be like, oh, yeah, you're talking about witch She stuff. just, like, she never gone? showed up. Yeah, yeah I haven't seen she her in a while. Like, well. <laughs> that sounds like her. Yeah, that yeah. checks out. Classic <laughs> <Sarah Pad>. <laughs> um, Yeah, it's this idea of, like, that goes all the way back to the original source material for this, the Thomas Quincy bit of uh, Suspiria de Profundis, where it's like... Uh, Essentially, the the argument that that the the your idea of self and the idea of of uh, like this the self consciousness is not actually a real thing, and that we're constantly sort of like creating and manifesting a reality for us to like recognize ourselves as like mm-hmm. an individual, mm-hmm. um, and how that carries over into like into magic, right? Into how yeah. like magic and supernatural things exist in the world as much as we believe they do, right. um, mm-hmm. which is always like my, one of my rea- like my reality is yeah. d- way different from your reality, yeah, sure. your reality. Absolutely. That's just how we perceive. Yeah. You know? yeah, which is something that I love, like being in the mood and feeling spooky and witchy, like in you know in this like the season right now. Uh, I'll, like hit me at a really like I don't know. I, it, it just really stuck out and like and thrilled me to hear it in this uh, in this movie and in the remake too, because um, I think that's always like a really fun way to consume. A lot of like, like in real life, when we get to like, I love like haunted house stories and like ghost oh gosh, stories, yes. and like we mm. love chasing that shit down. Yeah. Um, or when it comes to like things like magic, like I, I always love the the idea that, you know, even if if none like none of that is is like literally true, like even if there's not like literally the spirit of of a dead you know person or like of some weird demonic force in a place, mm. um, the idea of whether it be you know uh, like group hysteria or whatever you want to call it but enough people believing in something makes it real which can have you know yeah. terrible consequences as well but like mm-hmm. is also just a fascinating thing because through just through the sheer power of will and belief we can we can manifest a reality in which magic yeah exists, i mean if you have experiences like that where you like in context mm-hmm. feel something see something mm-hmm. think something it becomes part of your reality yeah and like you know 
just like the doctor does and this like oh she's crazy she believes in witches mm-hmm. but like if your collection of experiences up to that point right. in the context of those experiences and what you have seen and heard and felt like to her it's real yeah you know yeah, 100%. And, and the reason i wanted to point this out too is because like i i was trying to like dig at like where the th- thematic elements of this movie come out like uh, like with the inspiration for the original text mm-hmm. and i think that's the, that's the point is like the whole thomas quincy thing is like you can also it's so easy to alter reality. Look, I can do it with all the opium I'm doing. Like, and that's kind of See? like what his whole, look at me guys. Yeah. I, I could do Look-a-me. magic. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. It turns out it's really easy to do magic when you're right. high yeah. as fuck. Here, smoke <laughs> this. It's yeah. magic. Yes. Uh, when you're just that. a heroin addict, essentially. Like, but, and cause that's, and that's kind of like one of the things about his whole like prosaic essays and stuff is like, reality is really fickle and you can demonstrate it by just, you know, when you do, do mind altering things like an opiate or something. And it like, it just goes to show how thin the veil is between us and like the, you know, what we think of, is just being a bizarre supernatural world mm-hmm. um and that's, that's where like along with the production design of these scenes where it's like these are these this is a very real place like you said earlier like mm-hmm. the place that they're at right now um and it contrasts so starkly with everything that happens in the ballet academy that you're like yeah this is weird and mm-hmm. it's like now then we have to go back into that world here in a second and it's a uh, yeah it's interesting and it's like yeah it, yeah um, culture shock for sure yeah, yeah. but uh, like we said the second uh, exposition dump the first exposition dump there is a little bit more background on why Pat was talking to uh, the psychiatrist and then he uh, brings in his he tags in his wingman there and he comes and mm-hmm. just talks about the um, magic man yeah the magic <laughs> man uh, <laughs> comes and talks nice. about the origins of the academy that it was founded uh, by uh, Helena Marcos yeah, a, a Greek, Greek immigrant, immigrant people wow. <laughs> wow that was good you guys <laughs> that was nice um, who was who, allegedly Suspected of being a witch. Yeah. Want to finish each other's sandwiches? This is, uh, wow. <laughs> it's very cute. Um, it? It's Professor Milius. Or Mil- Milius? Milius? Yes. That's the guy that she gets yeah. referred to. Yeah. Oh. Psychiatrist number, yeah, Professor number two, basically. Or, yeah. The witch man. Expo mm-hmm. number two. Yes, um, magic man. Also, what was Mendel drinking in that entire first conversation? He had like a, he had a tall Collins glass of some dark liquid. And I was like, is that a Coca-Cola? I don't know, man. They're at a conference. You know yeah, what happens true. at the conference? Right. It's probably Jägermeister. Disgusting. Oh, yeah. They are in Germany. German. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> somebody, yeah. I, I saw somebody drink Jägermeister at the bar the other day. I what? Like, I haven't seen that since were I was they... 19. Yeah. I was like, yeah. were they freshly 21? Yeah. That's weird. I don't know any. I haven't well, seen I'm anybody. from Wisconsin. That's so true. Do they drink Jäger there? People drink Jäger all the time. Is it because it's a wintry liquor? because everybody's German. My yeah, head wow. cannon, it was Jägermeister. Um, <laughs> exactly. So we learned that Helena Marcos was a Greek immigrant suspected of being a witch and that she uh, founded the Ballet Academy um, and managed to keep it through, or she, yeah, she was like like very wealthy and mm-hmm. then managed to keep it through like you know, the wars and stuff. Um, and it was, um, she got the title Black Queen for a moment. Um, yeah. Because everybody in the surrounding community like knew yeah. or suspected her of being a witch. Yeah, uh, and then she mysteriously died in a fire, allegedly, uh, at allegedly. some point. Somehow died in a fire, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, okay, mm-hmm. I believe none of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get the quote that I think, like we said in our whole conversation earlier, that kind of like I think puts a nice little bow on it. The idea, uh, he says, bad luck isn't brought by broken mirrors, it's, bought, it's bought, uh, brought by broken minds mm-hmm. um which i think is like a really i was like yeah that, that sums it all up in a whole it's like you know you you manifest the reality you want to live in For uh, sure. essentially um <laughs> the frustrating thing about this whole fucking scene though was when they were every time they said occult they pronounced it occult in the yeah. occult in the occult in the occult yeah right. i was like come on man 
Does this Stop movie release time with the satanic panic that happened in the U.S. or is that? It's a little. It kind of precedes it's before it, it uh, yeah. but it's like right on that line. So I 1977 is... going into the 80s yeah. uh, is kind of it's kind of there. Um, I'd be curious to see if there's any overlap as far as this movie being used as like justification towards that. But that's a whole other tangent. Yeah. I could I could see that I I had I didn't see anything about that um, but I also didn't look for it so right. um, just a thought yeah, yeah but and then that last quote magic is everywhere in all of the world in fact it's it's a recognized fact always that's his uh, that's his his thesis it's mm-hmm. in um, you it's in me magic yeah. is everywhere just take a look <laughs> the religious uh, text yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, uh, Susie asks him about like the coven and how they draw power right or something right. Like, that's we, how we learn how to defeat the boss yeah is. he compares mm. it to a snake yeah like if God you yeah if yes. a cobra without a head is, is not but a noodle something, but yeah. but a, <laughs> is just a little wiggly Dang, yeah. your noodle yeah oh, whatever yeah exactly yeah um, i wish that's what he said but yeah he basically tells her how to defeat the coven yeah right killing the leader yeah now we have a call to action we have our game plan for the rest of the the movie essentially mm. which consists of Susie Murder. making the decision to investigate the appearance of her friend and uh, the teachers of the academy um and in the course of this she discovers the witch plot um mm-hmm. there was a little nugget earlier that uh, we forgot to mention about um the uh Susie had heard pat say something about a blue iris whenever she was mm-hmm. you know running away um and so that was like our one like tangible clue yeah, in the, she, she the dialogue. Heard secrets and Blue Iris. Mm-hmm. Um, Susie stops drinking her dinner wine and stuff, and then uh, everybody goes out to the movies without her because they are some bitches. And uh, fuck Susie. Yeah, right. She's a bitch. Mm-hmm. Rude. Um, so it, we get sort of some more classic horror stuff where uh, Susie tries to call uh, Frank again, um, Doctor Mandel, uh, but the power gets knocked out. Um, so she throws away all of her food in the toilet and the sink, and which then, was yeah, kind of dumps, one of the more gross scenes for yeah, some reason. Right. <laughs> she was, dumps the wine in the sink and it immediately stains like the whole countertop. It turns into like yes. blood immediately. And she's like smearing it all over the place. I wonder, like, what kind of wine is this? Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I was wondering, I wondered if it was to be implied that it's like, oh, that definitely wasn't wine. Right. <laughs> you like, had you've been, been drinking, drinking blood this whole time, girl. Or some yeah. potion yeah. of some kind. Um, yeah, it, it looks then, gross. And then a bat smashes through the window. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wrote, it's freaking bats. What, what do you think about Love this Halloween. Bats? This bat fight. Like, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Came out of nowhere. I want to know if those were real or fake bats and the also. Sound, bat versus the sound Susie. Design. Bat versus so this, Susie. It sounds like the bat weighs like 20 pounds and is <laughs> slamming <laughs> into her head. It's yeah, like, it's bad. Doom, it doom, puts doom, up a fight. Doom, doom. It does. Uh, yeah, I know. She, she subdues it through the power of a blanket uh, and then <laughs> smashes the fuck out of this. God damn, I did not her. like that part. I was like, did we have to smash it? I mean, it's fine. You were going to die. I mean, it was attacking her. Take Second it animal outside. to die in this movie. Take it outside. That bat was sentient. That bat was sentient. Yeah, that bat was, was on a mission. mission. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, Susie smokes like the one and only cigarette of, of her. Uh, her whole life is right yeah. then. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's so many fewer cigarettes in, in this movie than there are in the 2018 one, which I thought was funny hilarious. too. Hmm. Um, 2018 one's probably more accurate, honestly. Yeah. When I think of ballet academies, I definitely think about cigarettes. That so. one's great just for the pure aesthetic of Tilda Swinton walking around with an ashtray in her hand and a cigarette in the <sighs> other and like talking to ballet dancers and just like mm. mandating. I was like, she's like carrying her ashtray around? Yeah. That's I bet she's, she's, she's fucking movie. Tilda Swinton. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. What a perfect um, casting. Ugh. Uh, 
the the rain the remainder of the movie is uh, basically Susie wandering the halls uh, mm. and happening upon um, the cooks that are cutting up some meat. She, which we wonder if is that it? Is Did it you, meat? Is she, it because she recalls in? that the what her and Sarah were talking about, right? Where they're right. Like counting the footsteps. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she says, "Well, everybody's gone at the ballet now. Mm-hmm. Now is my chance mm-hmm. to." And she like measures it out and walks and follows the route that they would go. Mm-hmm. And then there's a spooky. Kitchen scene. Yeah. yeah. Is it because we just came off of meat, like, Yeah, we just came off of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and so in my head, I was like, "Those are humans." I mean, no, I, I the same also thing. had yeah. that thought. I was like, "That's yeah. gotta be people, right?" Yes. <laughs> and that's why they were so freaked out when they were like, "Who goes there?" I mean, I, I was like, "I was like, that's Sarah, like probably right? or something." We'll be eating mm-hmm. Like, yeah. oh. Um, there's some. There's a little bit of like investigation, like mystery solving that goes on, and then we, yeah, the blue iris, uh, it ends up being a an adornment on one of the walls in like the salon that she met in earlier. Uh, she like where you turn in and a secret door is revealed, and we get the secret tunnels. Mm. I know. Um, Susie happens upon Blanc and the other teachers, and they're having a, a somewhat of like a communion, right? And mm-hmm. she discovers that they have a um, a plot um, to uh, to do away with her. Um, and they, she also discovers that Helena Marcos, uh, it, it, they're they're asking Helena Marcos for power, um, mm-hmm. which implies that she's the the head boss, yeah, yeah the boss yeah, that she's still around, yeah, which right. everyone and also yeah, not burned alive apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Susie is uh, is spotted by Pavlo and the little nephew kid, oh, uh, right. so she has to run away. Uh, and what a weird layout of this like basement. Yeah, it's very like, labyrinth. It's very large and like. Oddly side doors well it's their yeah. layer it has to have curtains yeah. it has yes, to be gorgeous it a bit. <laughs> yeah it's a basement it's nicely decorated <laughs> i like it it's pretty cute it's the least offensive design of like the, the whole place yeah, True. yeah it's, True. it's one of the more toned just, down it, ones it provides an odd amount of hiding spaces for something that's supposed to be a secret that's true because she gets away like pretty easy. Oh yeah, right. She's, she gets away into uh, a secret room. Secret room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> um, this is a pretty fun. Like, uh, oh, she. So she does find uh, Sarah's dead body, which has been like crucified on a table, mm-hmm. uh, which is a pretty so gnarly like thing. Um, yeah, and this, we get this like final like uh, boss battle, boss right? Boss battle. Yeah, the uh, directress is like behind a curtain, uh, breathing raspily, so but we know like, it's her also again. Invisible, mm-hmm. like yeah. Yeah, she turns invisible real fast. I know. I was like, what is happening here? How yeah. come she gets to be invisible? That's not fair. I know. That's her active ability. She just hit F. Yeah. Like, <laughs> gone. Put the ring yeah, on. Yeah, it's the boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's and a um, Chekhov's peacock statue is in this movie or in this <sighs> scene too, where uh, it's got those weird like yeah the, the feathers are cool like metal spines like it was a lamp yeah it looks like a lamp lamp? looks like lamp i wrote down i want that peacock lamp so (laughs) So after after reading about it after i didn't know if that was like an homage to his first movie yeah yeah bird with a crystal plumage yeah and then she knocks over a bird with crystal crystal plumage plumage. i was like that's the bird with the crystal plumage right there it's right there that's that bird with the crystal plumage they said easter egg yeah (laughs) i love that yeah achievement unlocked wow yeah, she she knocks it over. Uh, she knows she's got to stab the lady. She turns invisible, and then uh, Helena Marcus resurrects Sarah to come and murder her. That was actually like the scariest. Wild, part. Yeah. I know. I was like, man, things escalated quickly. Right, y'all yeah, bringing people was, back from the dead. I don't remember the line that Helena Marcos says when she reanimates her. It's but something like you will see like the dark or evil the, or something or in the eye. But yeah, whatever it was, it hit pretty hard. Yeah. Um, 
I remember being like, damn, Helena. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Get it, girl. Yeah, okay. Let them know. <laughs> uh, I see how you've been doing this for so long. <laughs> right. Um, but before she can get zombie murdered, uh, Susie manages to basically she, I, Helena Marcos is invisible, but like predator style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like what I'm has, saying. She's like glimmery a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I'm like, all right. And there's like light. Is it lightning flashes? Yeah, there's yeah. like a storm or something she going like on. That, like illuminates, her. it like refracts through her yes. uh, invisibility. But it's enough like... so that Susie is able to place, yeah, find find the right spot to to plunge a sharp mm-hmm. object into her, mm-hmm. uh, which is part of the peacock. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, that's great, great, great tool use. Yes. Uh, so Marcos is is demising. Uh, <laughs> and uh, everything Actively starts everything starts exploding. <laughs> yeah, uh, the whole place starts going up in flames. Like so all, amazing. all the everything starts bursting open. Doors start breaking, and yeah. like walls Which are I collapsing. Love. Very like House of Wax style yes. kind of uh, uh, final escape. Uh, Susie manages to, manages to escape outside the academy, uh, and it's pouring rain. And then the windows burst open with flames. <laughs> And uh, and that's kind of it. And she she <laughs> kind of like smirks and laughs at the yeah. end a little bit. She had, she had a good she, time. She had a good for it, her it moment. It made me think of Ready or Not. Yeah. Where like the house is burning down behind her, and she's like, "Oh fuck this." Yeah. It was yeah. the same vibe. Yeah, it's a good it, it's a good ending. Like yeah. I don't know everything a very succinct ending because we know that like all the all the loose ends are tied up. Very easy to. She uh, can go on yeah, with her life. Everyone's dead. Yep. Everyone died. <laughs> Everyone she died and it was okay. She can begin yeah. her decade-long journey of <laughs> deconstructing her PTSD. <laughs> yeah. um, what she will do later on is uh, show up in the 2018 movie. Jessica Harper does have a little cameo in there. <gasps> oh, as, my yeah. God. Yeah, That's character. so cute. Good uh, for her. I won't say which one because it's a, it's a fun little spoiler, don't, too. Yeah, don't, um, don't tell them. Well, like I said, if, if you have seen the 2018 one, uh, the one thing I will say is I think the resolution to that movie is, is a very interesting way to take uh, the theme of uh, of the matriarchy and the idea of like the, the matriarchy within this movie and like the um um the idea of of mothers and mm-hmm. uh and, and other witchy things um luca guadagnino definitely had a different perspective on how to uh, how to treat the character of Susie and then the rest of the uh the the coven uh almost in a way where it's like they're they're treated as, as less as a a singularly like evil group and more mm. there's a lot more nuance to like right. factions yes. within the group. they're not like one homogenous yes being. which i think is a really cool sort of expansion on this topic like mm-hmm. they they do a lot more in that movie to develop the idea of there being like different types of relationships between like you know you have like instra- like superiors and inferiors and like how power dynamics like fit into like romantic relationships right. that also have like a weirdly like caregiver codependent thing going on and there's some subtext there mm-hmm. i think uh mm-hmm. maybe we'll give that that movie its own whole episode at some point because um, it's it's a fun movie too um but i i yeah i i watching this movie three times in the past like week it's like <laughs> It's interesting. Like it, it definitely like every time I watch it, you get little like finding new things. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. find new things like every time, and it seems to flow a lot quicker too with every time when you know like what direction it's going. Right. Um. Because I think that's the weird thing about watching it, especially with that first murder, where you're like, "The fuck is this werewolf doing here?" I yeah. No. Like, what is this setting me up for? Right. Yeah. Here? Um. Because the name of the movie itself does not. 
It gives you, you nothing. Know, and like the marketing doesn't really give you anything. None of yeah. the posters, like it doesn't give yeah. anything away. I will say that that one poster with like the, uh, where it's, I think it's like Susie's face has like a big blue, like it's like very mm. intensely lit. Have you seen mm. this? Here, I'll pull no, it up I real haven't. quick. Because um, the posters for this movie, fuck, they are like, they are awesome. Um, I mean, I like the one with all the figures on it, right? The main mm-hmm. whatever. That's a good one. Um, but I think it just says, you know, to like, it, it says something about the aesthetic of the movie and that it just like all of them are talking about that one? Yeah, Ooh, that's the pretty. one. Pretty, yeah. I'll I post like it on that. socials for people who, who want to yes. see it. But yeah. the artwork for this movie is 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 just awesome. Like you would assume mm. it would be. Um right. it's a it's a beautiful technicolor dream ride that uh uh, everybody can enjoy. Um, yeah, Joseph and the technical, technical dream, dream ball. Ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, Another good musical. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a it's it's a cool movie. Uh, so as far as like reception goes, um, the, because of the victims, uh, the, that that all the victims were female, um, and some some of the like manner in which they're portrayed in the film, some people would call it like maybe call this like a misogynistic movie um an okay. interesting take uh and dario argento doesn't really do himself any favors when he gets interviewed and talks about sure. like you know uh choosing subjects mm-hmm. for his movies where he says i look i, look, I look, look look at beautiful things and i like to look at like you know beautiful women and film them and it's i think it's it's very fun to watch you know beautiful women in movies and you're like all right man like okay. dial it back a little bit mm. calm down um, we know this is March. the 70s it's like oh, you're an man, italian it's a, man yeah, but like italian chill. man born in the 1930s and you're like mm. all right well i could have called could have called that one uh, <laughs> dial it back dial yeah. it back bro um, like but the, the the other like like we talk, kind of talked about earlier about this movie like <laughs> not passing the reverse Bechtel test. Like yeah, the idea right. of that being a really good sign of the fact that all of the characters that actually have agency in this movie are women. Mm-hmm. Um, and to that point, it's like, it, it is a weird, yeah, it's to that. I think it's, it's an interestingly, like it could be seen as more of like empowering than, than, than yeah. I think like, all of the male roles are kind of spun in like ridiculous ways. Like anybody mm-hmm. who is a male that carries a role in this movie is, I don't know, either like stereotypical in whatever their presentation is, or just like who they are as a person is like, I don't know. I like want to say objectified and like, but that's not necessarily the word that I'm looking for. I don't mm-hmm. know. I just feel like that, they take a lot of power out of the roles that men are holding and put them in a more like ridiculous kind of view, mm-hmm. which I liked. So yeah. and again, and none of the men in this movie have power. Yeah, like, exactly. Have... They're all powerless. They're mm-hmm. all like, I don't know, looked down upon by whoever the like primary roles are. Mm-hmm. Not everybody. I mean like, and then even like the psychiatrist, like he is uh contradictory in the stuff that he presents. Like he just mm-hmm. does. I don't know. They all pull out these stops to be like, mm-hmm. Oh, men aren't great. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, it's it's for it's, this movie. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I was like, it's kind of in that way. It is like a weirdly empowering movie. Um, and it, and it's interesting though. But I think this is like a good uh, like the the aesthetics of the movie. I think is a good segue and why I wanted to use this one to sort of provide um in in this watch list that we're gonna have coming up uh provide the context for the rest of the movies we're gonna watch um. Uh, and to be checking out in this series because I think it's an interesting starting point for the conversation about, like I said, art horror and the the yeah. quote unquote elevated horror in cinema. Um, the big sentient black goat in the room obviously is like A twenty four movies, right? Uh, and directors like Robert, Robert Eggers and Ty West and Jordan Peele and Ari Aster who have made films like in the mm-hmm. last decade right. um, that we've come to define as uh, as elevated horror, um, the cerebral. subgenre. Yeah, cerebral, the Fair subgenre nice. that of films that explores you know psychological. And uh, unconventional things with a focus on um, like cinematic skill uh, and allegories and like mm. theme, you know, yeah. like you know, uh, 
allegorical themes and stuff um which is interesting because like when you kind of get into it, we've, we've already discussed movies like hitchcock's you know rear window and psycho earlier on and, and some episodes um and films like these kind of like laid the groundwork for filmmakers like you know kubrick come along with shining or jonathan dean with songs of the lambs um which then in the next decade or so turn into like you know the a24 studio where like every horror movie is art horror um <sighs> And so in the rest of the series, we're going to get like, you know, touch on some other movies that I think, you know, show the progress of like that evolution. Um, so the the elevated cir- uh, horror circle jerk is is just beginning. Uh, we're uh, we're going to get into it and it's going to be real fun. It's going to be very uh, high. How do you feel about that circle jerk? <laughs> yeah, he's like, wow. Yeah. I don't consent to that. <laughs> but <laughs> sure. Yeah. Elevated, elevated uh, horror. I don't know. Nose rubbing, whatever. All uh, those thing. things. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Uh, yeah, I like this movie. I think it's fun. This it's is my great. first time watching it, and I, I was it's like, great. I'm it's glad to be part of the club of, of fan of fans of Argento movies. Now I can talk yeah. about it with the uh, with the hoity-toity uh, attitude, mm. nice. uh, like I've always wanted to, like yeah. I've always oh, yeah. wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Now yeah. we can go talk to Stefan about it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is like his favorite movie. Of all. Oh movie fuck for yeah! Him? Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. Imperial Slaughter just he's had a met, show. Uh, he's met, um, bitch, whoever it is. Who played Sarah? Jessica Harper. He just shared a picture the other day. What? Wait, mm-hmm. Jessica Harper played Sarah? Oh, played Sarah. Oh, no, no, no. Um, Susie. Yeah, so Jessica Harper played Susie. Sarah's I, played Stefania Cassini. He's met Stefania Cassini. Oh, like, okay. He posted a picture just the other huh. day. He must have been rewatching it. And what? I was like, damn. Huh. Like, so I, way, this. I want to talk to him more about it now that I've Bring watched it. Bring him on for the 2018. Yeah. 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 That'd be the perfect Speaking person. of a local shout out, Stefan Gonzalez. Oh, he's yeah. wonderful. He's a great local musician in the Dallas. Amazing. Comes from a family of musicians. Yes. Yeah. They're Do all I know this super person? talented. You've probably you seen may... them. I, I would be surprised if you hadn't crossed okay, paths. Mm-hmm. That's what I figured. If you ever um, get a chance to see any of their projects, definitely go and do it. Imperial um, Slaughter. Imperial Slaughter. Imperial Slaughter. Uh, is oh. a great band that just played in, uh, in Arlington on Friday. Cameron oh. just played with them actually with Revenants. Yes. Mm-hmm. They had a show. Um, he's I saw that and I was like, fuck. Yeah. They're also. my friends are on the same line. In like. 10 other projects at yeah. any given time. So Damn. if you see that He's an name, amazing percussionist. Mm-hmm. Uh, in okay, in cool. all genres. Mm-hmm. So quick little shout out. Shout we love out. you, Stefan. Love you, Stefan. <laughs> uh, while we're doing shout outs, you, you want to talk about recommendations? You guys seen any movies that you've uh, seen lately? Or shows or anything that you yes. enjoyed? Or? Great. Yes, this is the point where I get to talk about Sinner. Yeah, and I'm very first. excited. Hey, yes, because I'm so excited. <laughs> I love this series so much. So um, I love Bill Pullman as an actor, number one. So like anything yeah. Mans is in, I'm going to watch. As soon as you texted about it, I was like, that's the one with Bill <laughs> That's the one with Bill Pullman. <laughs> yes. I fucking love him, man. He is like gritty and rough and like the way he delivers shit is just impeccable. Mm-hmm. Um, Sinner it's a Netflix show it's they just put out their fourth season I have already finished it um the whole series is produced by Jessica Biel of all people yes, yes. She, she is she's in, in the first she's season, in the first right? season yeah. yeah do love me some Jessica Biel and the way that they set up all these seasons I just love so they introduce whatever the like mystery is that Bill Pullman is trying to solve in the very first episode. And then you spend the entire season trying to deconstruct it, solve whatever the thing is. And he's along for the ride the entire time. And every single time in the last two episodes, they like throw in a crazy plot twist or like the way that they deliver, like what the root is of everything in such a way that like, comes with all these other twists too that you're just like oh my god this is incredible so (laughs) i love it a lot i don't know if you like um i don't know i feel like it's psychological in a way and like yeah definitely the journeys that Mm. he goes on that like are like the side quests or not side quests but seen it too is that what you said i forgot if you said that have you seen it i watched 
definitely the first season. Mm. So good. And I think most of the second okay. season. Also I can't remember good. if we finished it. Um, but we liked both of those. Yeah. I think at the time it was just those two out though. Right. And then we went on to other stuff of and course. forgot to come back to it. You got to come back. This ne- this most recent season that they put out is is excellent. So Hell yeah. awesome. Definitely check that out. Hell yeah. Yeah. That uh, was my recommendation. Awesome. You have any, Tyler? Um, not any that I've recently watched. You want me to go while you're looking at that? Uh, no, I have something to okay. recommend. Like, uh, you know, I sent that, um, that link to that Mondo poster auction. Oh yeah. Uh, there, there is a large Dude. auction on emovieposters.com, wow. um, of a ton of Mondo art posters like from theaters and shit like that i had the disposable income right now that john carpenter poster of the thing man oh yeah Uh, did you see the price on it now they went oh was it at now i don't know it's i just know it's a lot on that day we got up to like over 300 yeah i I think it's at like five now nice jesus um i'll I'll make my own i went i went through a lot of the stuff um that's being auctioned off and i put in some bids but i saw a few things pop up that made me remember that Children of Men, um, the Clive Owen movie, 2006 dystopian action film directed mm-hmm. by uh, Alfonso Cuaron, um, is one of my favorite movies of all time. Hell yeah. Oh, so okay. I went, because some of the uh, the release posters from that popped up in that auction, and I bid on them. And then I was like, that movie fucks. And I <laughs> went back and I watched it again, and it still fucks. <laughs> uh, it do be fucking again. Yeah. Um, Clive Owen... Julianne Moore is in it as well. Uh, Michael Caine. Um, uh, great Michael dystopian Michael um, future action thriller based on the premise of uh, human infertility in huh. the future. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I remember this one. Yeah, yeah. it's based on um, a novel called The Children of Men from 1992, which I believe was set in like right now, pretty much. Right. Is that what so why? So it's just pertinent. So what? Why the Last Men is probably somewhere associated with. Mm-hmm. Have you have you you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. That I'm comic sure book it, series turn. Yeah, I don't know TV. if it is the same like, but similar to the same vein, yeah, right? It's like maybe they took some ideas from each other. I though. would assume so. Yeah, there's no. But um, I'd highly recommend it. I don't want to say too much and give it away. Um, this was also a movie that. You know, a couple of years ago, we had 19, was it 1917 that had the long, it was like oh, a continuous yeah. shot, yeah, right? Yeah, like the long, most, the longest Yeah, Alfonso Cuaron here in 2006 did, there's one scene, which you'll know it when you see it. Mm. Um, it's like a battlefield scene where Clive mm. Owen is trying to escape um, while this refugee camp is like being decimated by the, oh, the military. Um, and it's one super long continuous shot that for the time everybody freaked out about and it still holds up like Fuck it's yeah. a great great shot that. you're just following him like running through these war-torn streets and shit's blowing up everywhere wow. just the and, sheer like y'all power... did this like 15 years before yeah. 1970 like when you're not yeah. hiding any slide cuts and stuff and yeah there, there's and nothing, it's one of those just, like no wipe cuts yeah and i just love clive owen yeah right Hell yeah. you know that was hard to fucking achieve back then yeah, yeah. yeah. for sure you appreciate the game yeah like, absolutely mm-hmm. pioneers that. man pioneers oh, yes. yep. yeah um so yeah that's my that's my recommendation awesome michael kane's character if you haven't seen it is fucking hilarious he's like this old like drug this old like dope smoker like a that's really like what I would call him. Yeah. That sounds sure. like stupid, but right. he, and he has isolated himself from the fucked up society oh. and just like lives out in the woods just and does a bunch woods. of drugs and shit. I nice. Like that. He's a fucking I can relate. Nice. Yeah. I like oh that. yeah. Um, 
Awesome. Children of Men and mm-hmm. uh, Sinner. Yeah. Awesome. What is Sinner on Netflix? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You got it. Uh, awesome. Yeah, I have uh, I have one that's like, Mike. Okay, so one of my favorite hobbies lately is like sometimes I'll, I'll like be browsing like streaming services and like watching horror movies, and then like I've been noticing recently that like a lot of like little kid shows are like have very very good production now. Yes. And so I'll like watch them just to like turn my brain off and be like, oh, this is adorable it's and nice. like really cute, right? There's a show called Bluey. Oh. I don't know if you've heard about this. <laughs> I did not know this was where we were gonna go. <laughs> Travis and is trying is... to target a different demographic. It's, right this now. is <laughs> like the tenth time someone has been like, you gotta watch Bluey. I don't know. Like, yeah. I have fucking kids, and they're like, you don't need them to watch yeah. Bluey. No. Bluey's Somebody, like the new thing. It right? is great. like. Yeah, I, so somebody, yeah, I, I guess I have it upon this the same way, like on the internet or something, but it was like, I was like, huh, that sounds cool. And I started watching some of these episodes yeah. of this little kid show, and like, it, it's it brought me to tears. Like, yes. they're so, like, well written and wholesome. Uh, there's an episode called Sleepy Time that is, like, fucking. It's mind blowing. <laughs> it's so weird. Yes. I, okay. This I may is have great. Been, I may have smoked a lot of weed before I was sure, watching this stuff, but like sure. the, maybe allegedly. The, I don't do drugs. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. But the like the way it's written and like the little like I don't know little story devices and effects in it. I was like, this is amazing. This is yeah. groundbreaking. Yeah. It, <laughs> this little kid show has no business being as this good. fun and nuanced as a uh, as it is. But. I don't know. If you got kids, turn on Bluey for them. I, I think that's it's great. Or watch if it not, for just yourself. watch it for yourself. Yeah, it's, it's perfectly fine. Um, yeah. The other thing I wanted to recommend was uh, there is this board game called Horrified uh, oh. that my friends brought over the other night. Uh, yeah, my friend uh, Nick and his fiance Laura came over <laughs> and. Um, we were playing this living room, and it's it's such a cool. So it's a monster board game sure. uh, that consists of you playing various like special role characters who go around and try to uh, defeat um, classic Universal monsters like uh, Werewolf, Dracula, Frankenstein, wow. who all have different yeah. they have different uh, abilities depending on which monster mm-hmm. you're trying to defeat. It and it like is uh, Dead by Daylight. Maybe like yeah, the, but the, like a board game, yeah, yeah. A video game. Yeah, it's and if you're a horror fan, and you know, it's also just, you know, it's a season. Uh, it doesn't look too expensive, I think, online. I think it's like under forty dollars or something. But it's a, <clears throat> it's got a lot of pieces to it, and there's a lot of rules. But like once you kind of it, like if you if you know how to play D and D, it's a pretty easy mm, thing to jump into. Word, mm-hmm. okay. All the mechanisms like make sense. Like right. once you understand that you're just trying to defeat these monsters, um, and it's a cooperative game. So it's like you know, it's however many players you have like working together to try to defeat the monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's is fun. anybody playing? the monster no the monster is its own independent entity that doesn't it's a non-player character and there are other non-player characters in the game Mm. um and it's a fun board game i love board games and that's one that i just learned about recently that was per we had put a scary movie on and we're playing that spook you know that monster board game and it's called again horrified horrified yeah um nice great fucking game um the last thing i want to plug is uh we have uh, a live show coming up on wednesday of this week uh we will be at the texas theater in oak cliff dallas uh presenting a showing of scream 2 with the other podcasts there are too many movies uh and it's gonna be a great time uh come hang out with us uh i'll be there and other people will be there and we're gonna drink and watch an amazing slasher movie sequel so cool uh you have anything coming up uh got glitter bomb we got uh, uh yeah so many things uh i have my own podcast that is currently on hiatus but you can listen to our four years worth of a catalog of, of episodes called what the femme podcast we do um queer identity exploration and uh deep dives into queer pop culture and uh the history behind the lgbtqia plus community 
Um, I'm also the artistic director for Glitter Bomb, which is an artist in residence program that is run as a weekly queer variety show. So drag, burlesque, singing, sideshow, I help make that happen. It's so, dope. It's, it's fun. It's, it's a giant thing. That it's is a huge like, yeah. thing. Yeah, it's seven years old as of this year. April That's will awesome. be its eighth year in existence. We're at Rubber Gloves every Thursday on the outside stage. Very excited to be out there. They're super Really, really great space. You should host something at Gloves sometime. They love doing screenings, and we've did a, we did a live show there one time. It's one of my favorite time. venues. Yeah. Isn't it's it crazy? Right. It's always cool shit going on there. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a good it, spot. You know, especially, but it's been crazy having seen that venue evolve over the past oh God, like, oh decade God, oh from what it was yes. in 2000. Yes, 2016. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's wild. Like I love what it is now. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful, and it has a giant, nice. giant outdoor stage. And, good like, bathrooms. I still loved it way back in the day when it didn't ha- when it had yeah. the worst bathrooms in the, the town. Worst like it had period, the tiniest yeah. punk like they were serving weird so canned beer. I loved you when you were shitty. I loved you when you were I shitty. I did love it when I it was shitty, it but I, I way yeah. more love it now. I gotta tell you, being able to have number one, just the outside stage period, but mm. like I don't know, just being able to have that kind of a space in Denton and yeah. being able if to you, host crazy events is, mm. is nice. If you didn't love me at my twenty sixteen, you don't, you don't deserve me at my twenty twenty two glow up. Yeah, girl, oh, that's God. right. We respect the glow up. So yeah, check me out there. Do those things. Hell yeah. What the podcast um, hey there's a instagram page for this podcast it's at scary sunday scaries you can go on there and we'll post random shit to socials like uh, movie posters other uh, horror community related social media posts movie watch lists etc uh we have a patreon patreon.com slash scary sunday scaries where you can go and get early access to episodes you can get access to artworks and t-shirts that are forthcoming uh and if you want to email us and tell us what to watch or tell me all the other stuff that i should know about about dario argento and giallo films uh email me at uh scary sunday scaries at gmail.com and i will take your kind words into consideration uh yeah so do you uh know what we're watching next week <laughs> What are you guys watching next week? I want to know. Have you looked at the list? Have you it's a little weird. I've been fucking with it a lot. So No. Yeah. No, I don't know. What's We're next gonna week? We're going to do In the Mouth of Madness. Ooh, spooky. It's going to be a good time. That's I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Um, I haven't so, seen that one yet. Yeah. So. I, I actually Perfect. haven't either. So it's going to be good. I'm excited. Uh, so watch In the Mouth of Madness for next week and uh, come listen to us talk about it. Let me yes. time. And uh, have a good week. Uh, don't be too afraid about uh, Monday. It's, it's, not, it's not that big a deal. It's not. No. It'll be okay. yeah. But embrace the Sunday scare. Don't yeah. jump into a pit of barbed wire. <laughs> there's one thing you do yeah. this week. And don't if do you that. do, don't try to wrap your whole around. body in it. <laughs> don't roll around. It's not like a stop, drop, and roll. Sunday Scaries.